listening to episode 118 of the Round Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Angel. And I'm Elvis. In this episode, we're calling Choose Your Fate, as we'll be sharing our early, or my, early impressions of Fire Emblem Fates, since I'm the only one of the group that has played it. But, uh... So what side did you pick? I have picked Birthright to start. I will go into it when we talk about the game. But yes, I'm starting with Birthright, and then working my way through the rest. Maybe. Is that the easier one? That's the easier one. But it doesn't make sense to start the harder one and then go do the easy one. You ease in. You go easy to hard. Yeah. 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 But anyway, so that's coming up later in the show, as well as you, uh, Angel, wanted to touch on one of the Dream Team in re- because yeah. of Paper Jam last episode. Yeah, last episode, um, thanks to Elvis playing Paper Jam, got me <clears> to <throat> go back to Dream Team because it's like oh, I should just beat it, and I did, and I just have some some thoughts to share. So you'll be doing that. And then, obviously, you don't have a game to talk about. You're just here for the ride. But uh, we do have a lot. Of, we do have news to talk about this episode. Uh, Mitomo and the Nintendo accounts uh, pre-registration went live. We have some news from Nintendo's financial briefing. The Q and A segment it finally got translated, so we can finally talk about some of the things that were said. Also, a lot of Pokemon tournament news now that the game's about to come out. So we have all that and more. So if you uh, haven't listened before, we do put timestamps at ramtown.com for this episode. You can go find the segments that interest you and jump to them, or be like Elvis and just. Here for the whole thing. So with that said, let's talk. Uh, probably the biggest thing that happened this past these past couple weeks was, in a way, the Nintendo accounts going live. And well, that's the biggest thing that happened. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> not, it itself is not a big deal. Like that's to to ruin a perfectly good quote about outer space. It's it was a small step for us, but it was a big leap for Nintendo in the sense of this is they the got the ball rolling. This is the beginning of the next the future Nintendo. Like this was the the moment where things kicked off. Yeah. So. I mean, a lot of people really seemed excited, like, when they went up, like, everyone's just turning, like, oh my god, like, you could put your account, but then you do it, and then it's like, oh, I guess that's it. And it's so fast and convenient. That's the crazy thing, is I'm used to their interfaces being all wonky, that this was just like, oh, it took two seconds? All right. Like, now what? Yeah, but I, before we even get any further, I do want to say, let's, let's acknowledge real quick that 11 years ago, Nintendo announced they were doing that stupid friend code thing. They're like, hey, just exchange your 16-digit numbers. It'll be no big deal. And since 11 years ago, people have been demanding or asking or begging or sacrificing their firstborns to get specifically a unified account system. And here we are 11 years later, and Nintendo finally did it. I feel like such a big deal, even though it's It's the norm everywhere. Yeah, because everyone was doing it even when Nintendo had friend codes. But here we are, guys. We have a unified (laughs) Nintendo account. It happened. It feels like 2003, and it feels great. But, yeah, that uh, it's just kind of funny that we got to this point. But I do want to say that... Um, we didn't go anywhere. That was on Nintendo. Well, we as fans were able to ride the ride this long without being like, let's just get off. Like we, we, yeah, we did have our friend code on the 3DS memorized at one point. I never got that far. You didn't have any friends? I didn't have it memorized. <laughs> I just... We had to exchange you, you a lot. Yeah, I wrote it down on so my computer. Popular. I wrote it down on my computer and copy-pasted it. I'm popular, okay, I swear I'm popular, I swear. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting because, like, the, the, the experience was so, like you said, it was so weirdly simple. Like, I'm, that must be DNA. Well, it's not that it was just simple, right? it's just that, I mean. Well, there's nothing to do, but. Yeah, I mean, not not that there should already be, like, a, I mean, maybe it might be realistic to expect, like, any kind of prizes already, but because there hasn't really been any way to earn points yet. Yeah. But I was just kind of expecting, I don't know, something to explore, but it was really just your profile and that's it well some people did some poking around and did find stuff 
<clears throat> I mean, you're right. There's nothing. Like, it's like, oh, cool, you you got your account, and oh, cool, you pre-registered for Mitomo with Pac-Man Myth, but... That was also really, really... Really, easy. that was shocking. Almost to the point where I didn't even know if it went through because like, I clicked register, and then it took me to this page that said, like, it, on the bottom half, it said, like, register for Mitomo. On the top half, it says register for stuff. I don't know. It was kind of weird. It never... There wasn't, like, a thank you for registering or anything like that. It was just... Oh, there was for mine. It replaced the box that said register with... Thank you, you're all set mm. or something. Maybe I didn't do it right then. Maybe you should go back and do it just to be safe. Maybe I should. Maybe you should. But uh, I was no, worried about our Jose led me to believe that, uh, oh, you need to do it fast so you can get your name, but it's like, it's already the account you already have. Yeah, that's, that's the other interesting thing is they let you change your nickname and there don't seem to be permanent usernames. Oh, it's, like it's email based. Oh, so I think what's going to happen is like what Mitomo's going to oh, do okay. is you hook it into Facebook and Twitter and that's where your friends come from. So you don't actually necessarily need a username, I guess. But how do people find you? That's a, with that, with that original, I guess it's your email or whatever you used. If you registered with Nintendo Network, yeah. then they'll find you with whatever you first used. So you they would use JSONR or your email. But okay, sure. But what about people that join with say the in the NX era? I guess they'll have another way to put in a username. Well, yeah, right I, now, if you make a cause, new account, because if you join with the NX era, you'll presumably join with your like they'll make you create a Nintendo Network account, which presumably when you make it would also create a My Nintendo account. I guess that yeah. I guess I never thought the fact that Nintendo Network might live on. I was always just kind of like oh. It'd I'm pretty sure it would just be time. like I'm pretty sure you might be right. Like they might just keep it there as like they're like oh when you're playing games you're playing on our Nintendo network but yeah. your account is called my Nintendo account. Yeah, it's very it's really messy. Someone hit someone yeah. I know to find I mean, people. I, like, I made my Nintendo account not to be confused with my my Nintendo account or my old my Nintendo account from 2003. This is my my this is my Nintendo account. Like it's, they really need to fix up the naming a bit. But what I was gonna say is poking around, someone noticed that there is a hint of stuff to come for this. We don't, there isn't anything to do, like you said, but someone found that they... Someone actually went through the motions of fully deleting their account, and on the last screen, it warns you to be careful because you lose your uh, rewards, you lose your point, your coin balance, and you lose something called mission status. Nintendo doesn't say what mission status is, but in the past, they did, specifically Iwata, did allude to the idea that it... Um, that they're going to reward people not just for buying games, but for actually playing their games. I remember the joke was, haha, Jason's not going to get those rewards. He doesn't play his games. Haha, joke's on me. <laughs> but, uh... It's true. I think this... <laughs> I think this could actually be that mission status thing. I... It would be... My theory is, um... We've been also for doing, like, Nintendo-related events, so, like... It a, could be anything, yeah. So, like, if we go to, like, Nintendo's, um... Ballroom at Comic Con, they could pretend like, all right, register here. And I don't your know, mission something. was accomplished that you went. Yeah. Like a check-in, almost. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything, but, like... It, it would make sense for a gaming thing if it, because it could be a way, like, you know how Badge Arcade, it's like, hey, check daily, there's new badges, there's new this, there's new that, there's new funny things the bunny salesman's saying. They can kind of take that philosophy and apply it to old games. Play 30 minutes of a game today. It could, like it could be game. something like that, or it could even be like, you know, beat this Mario level un- under two minutes, and it'll be tracking it, because all your data, you know, every time we start a new Nintendo game these days, it's like, can you can we send this data back to Nintendo as anonymous data? Nothing stopping them from going a little further. I mean, like, can we send your play records to Nintendo at all times? Like, everything's going to be cloud-connected. So it could literally be like, go revisit Super Mario Brothers NX and beat this level in under two minutes and your mission will be achieved for the day or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a way for them to, even when they have droughts in their software, they're getting you to still go do things daily and engage in your, day, in your uh, games. It's kind of smart. It's, that's what it is. specific missions? I don't, I, I don't know if it's good. Like, no one knows. It's just mission stats. Like, I feel like that'd be a good way to get people to double back to older games and also do that whole evergreen thing. Yeah, if it's, like, a universal thing, like, everyone's going to have the mission. Like, well, that's, see, that's, I, that's I, what's I, interesting. I, I wanted, I want, I'm, like, willing to... 
bet that it's going to be super generalized. Like Kind of like the whole, like, oh, play 30, 30 minutes, minutes of a game. But it's also going to say, play three different games in one week or something. Because they'll, right. they'll know like what that you're not playing the same game. Yeah, but they Iwata did say when he first... <laughs> Buy a new game. That's gonna <laughs> Give be... us money. Congrats, you did. Uh, no, but I, well, I was saying when he first talked about this that the stuff they want to do is going to be personalized. As in, like, it's not just what games you own, but what games you... Or what, yeah, but where, what you're playing, you as an individual. So in theory, they could have different missions for different people at different times. Actually... It's almost um, like a new achievement system. Isn't it? Um, don't achievements and... Um, like PlayStation Network and Xbox, aren't they not within the game? Aren't they just like on? Because can't you search them separately? What do you mean? Like, can you search like what trophies you need for certain games? I'm not sure. That's yeah. Oh, that's you play PS4 a lot. Can you do that? Oh, yes. Because I'm wondering if yeah. um, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh no, because I'm wondering if Nintendo could just get something like that then. Have achievements for games? Yeah, and just give you points that way. Well, I don't think because Nintendo. My attitude is if they do this, it's going to be their own weird spin on it. It's not going to be like... And they already have stamps. That's basically achievements, yeah, that's except you say. don't get rewards for them. Yes, yeah, stamps, well, stamps are but... basically Nintendo's attitude. We don't want to do achievements in a traditional sense, so we'll give people stamps. And if you, you only unlock stamps for Miiverse after completing certain things in certain games, and if you're using that stamp in your Miiverse post, you're essentially humble bragging that you got that far in the game. And, you, and the people I know are the other people that have... When I said Woolly World, would they just shower you with stamps like twenty yeah. per level? That's well, yeah, that's a little crazy. Expensive, but <laughs> well, yeah, then you would just get so they're gonna be overly. Then you would just get points for like collecting all of them. But I don't know if like like I don't know if the mission status is in and of itself gonna be its own accomplishment, or if like it could be like get five stamps today in Yoshi Woolly World. Well, when, it's I'm, weird. Like, no, but I, when it's, I, when I'm in stamps, I I got the shit to clarify. I actually meant I, I meant the stamp system that they had in Wii Sports where oh the, the where, actual where, where there were literally achievements, yeah. but they would just give you like a physical stamp on the on a sheet of paper to let you know that you completed it. Right. So perhaps they'll do maybe yeah. mission. I think whatever they do, it'd be cool if the mission stays. If it's that sort of stamp, it's it's a reverse sort of stamp. It's just play three times a week. It'd be cool if there's a way that you could like go to your friend's profile and see what missions they've accomplished, so to speak. That'd be cool. Almost like an achievement system, but with a little Nintendo twist in that. Even achievements become a game in and of itself because Nintendo gamifies everything. So making like something as simple as just unlocking something to this whole game where it's like, oh, you have these custom missions, you have to fulfill the mission, opposed to just like, here's a pop-up telling you you did something, feels more Nintendo-y already almost. Take a break when the game actually suggests to take a break. That would be funny. If actually... <laughs> <laughs> no one got that. 45 minutes, take a break for five. Congrats, you won. <laughs> and then PSN, it shows you like the percentage of how many people that own the game right. and how many have gotten that certain achievement, that achievement will have 0%. That's true. No, there'll be one kid out there like, well, the game told me to take a break. I'm going to go play you. outside. Oh, well, yeah, nah, you do nah. listen to your watch. Your I Apple do. Watch. I do listen to my Apple Watch. I stand up on the hour every hour when needed. Bleh. Or 10 minutes, too. I am a sheep, yep. <laughs> but whatever mission status is, it's cool that like we're at the point where Nintendo actually has a system in place where we can be having this discussion well, of what's not... this unified mission thing going to be. Because up till now, even with me, I guess Miiverse was the first step, but in the past, it's always like, we Sports Resort, cool, I got stamps, I have no way to show this to anyone or have any pride in it outside of seeing it on my screen. You could have pride, right? Yeah, but you can't, like, brag about it. And bragging's have fun of pride. Couldn't you have taken... Wow, I sound very egotistical when I say that. <laughs> couldn't you have taken, um... Uh, I guess certain games, they let you take snapshots on the Wii, and you can send yeah. them on the board, the message board or something. Yeah, you could do that. That was almost like the very first step. It feels like you could see Nintendo like whittling down over time their concept. Because first it was like, tell your friends you did something. Then it's like, well, we'll tell you you did something. And they're like, well, neither of those quite work. What if we let you tell someone you did something, but subtly so you're not bragging too much? Let's try that. Okay, we did that. And now they're like continuing down that path. 
it's like instead of just going with the easiest one, like straight up messages, they, have to Nintendo they had to like make it super complicated in the beginning, and then like they're slowly just like. That's because Nintendo's philosophy it. is to Nintendofy everything. Case in point, Mitomo, which check out that transition right there. But right. Uh, yeah, the 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 thing about Mitomo is Nintendo keeps billing it as a social experience from Nintendo. Like they keep it's kind of like it obviously makes sense. No one is necessarily familiar with Mii's as they are with. Mario, Nintendo. Zelda, whatever, or Nintendo itself. But yeah, I did find find that like, if you go to the website, it's it's keeps saying like, "Hey, this is from Nintendo. It's by Nintendo, you guys." Like um, right at like the opening blurb of Mitomo, it's it has a sentence that literally says, "This is the whole sentence." It's like Mitomo is a social experience. Da, 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 period. It's from Nintendo. Period. That's the end of the well, sentence. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. And then on the pre-registration page, it says, and I'm again quoting. Would you expect anything less from Nintendo? I've never seen... <laughs> yes. <and> I get, <laughs> yes, I would. I've never seen... And there's nothing wrong with them doing this. I get why they're doing it. They're trying to get their name in a new marketplace. It makes total sense. I've never seen them that aggressively be like, Hey, guys, we're Nintendo. What's up? Like, they're always like, It's Mario. It's Zelda. It's the Wii. Which, the whole idea of the Wii was they want to hide the name Nintendo. They specifically... They're, they're trying to make a Disney split. out of it. They are. This is their IP strategy going full force. But I just find it really funny that, like, it's so, like, aggressively, hey, guys, Nintendo, look at us. But Mitomo itself um, is pretty much the only guarantee right now of what Nintendo account can do. Mission status, who knows. But with Mitomo, we know that you need a Nintendo account in order to pre-register, which we did, and that um, Mitomo is now going to be out sometime in March. And all of us that put pre-registered are going to get emails explaining what it's about or, or telling us when it's live. In the meantime, they have explained what it's about. Which, uh, we're kind of getting... We kind of knew how it worked, but I guess now we're getting more of the flow of events in the app, which... It sounds... The more I hear about it, the more reasonable it is to use multiple... Like, at first, like, why would I use this? But now I'm kind of like, okay, this could be fun. So, how it works... I don't know if you guys have browsed the Mutomo, like, FAQ and everything, but it kind of... They kind of flesh it out. How it works is... Yeah? Yeah, maybe, but just give us a rundown for those that haven't done that. That's a really good save of no, I have not. Um, okay, so how it works is when you first boot up the app for the first time, you're going to pre- be presented with like a smartphoneified version of the Mii Maker. Go on. You can either make your... Okay. You can either make your own <laughs> Mii using the Mii Maker, or you can import from the Wii U and 3DS using QR code, which is... I'm glad they did that. I did not have to remake a Mii. Um, personally, me. My preference. Um, Wait, but you have a new beard. Temporary. I don't know how long it's this thing. Mm, might as well add it to the Mii. Well, it depends on how long I'm saying. Why Everyone listening not? probably didn't know I didn't have a beer, but now I do it. Well, now my profile picture doesn't. That's true. But oh, well, I don't know. Well, surprise for those of you that didn't know Jason not had a beer. <laughs> Plot twist. I bet <laughs> I sound so different on the podcast now. But um, anyway, so you make your meat. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you have a beard. <laughs> but um, you do sound so, a little bit more manly. Yeah, yeah. You get the testosterone just, just like seeping through the the sound waves. So enough about your beard. Back to Mitomo, <laughs> the real reason people are here. Actually, probably not even Mitomo's reason. But, um, yeah, so once you have your me, then you then it's going to start asking random questions. And it's going to continue to do so as you use the app. And the thing I didn't realize that happens is so the answers to those questions are broadcast out to people in your network of friends who, again, come from Facebook and Twitter, which is genius in its own right, that they aren't making make a new network. They're just using what you already have because that helps virality. That helps to get more popular. And... Bit selfish. It lets us learn about our listeners if they follow us on Twitter. Because now I'm gonna get me of a listener, another listener, and be like, "Oh, okay, our one listener believes in aliens. This other guy likes polka music, and this third guy's favorite food is pizza." What will I do with that knowledge? Nothing. But it's probably tell us every time you see us, see a new follower. Like, hey, look. Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, I tell you guys. But what am I gonna do with that knowledge in life? Nothing. 
But it's still kind of cool to get to. I guess like, because it's pulling from so many sources, it'll be that much more interesting when like we get one of us and are like, hey, they definitely don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. What are they trying to prove? But um, what was I gonna say? And if you if you want to see our weird Matomos, everyone listening, reason to follow us on Twitter right there. I don't know who got follows over that, but um, also all three examples. <laughs> Can't wait to see the Matomos. Yeah, all, all three answers I just gave. By the way, the pizza alien thing are literally polka music are literally right on Nintendo's press release. That's what they thought were like the star examples. Nope. Um, that's not their press release on my screen, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I saw you looking, Elvis. But uh, anyway, so once you have the answer go out to people, this is the new wrinkle I didn't know would be the case, and that is they can actually respond to the answers. So they can actually comment on what it is and be like, oh, hey, you like can pizza, do I like pizza. And not only that, but then you can respond to the comment by either liking it with a heart or responding back with text or Can you write whatever you want or the like pre-written text? They have not specified. They just say you can respond with text, picture, or a like. Hmm. So whatever that may mean. <laughs> Are they going to keep it like... 16 characters, like... I don't know. I mean, we don't know that yet, I browsed the screenshots. I browsed 16 the... characters? That's horrible. I, mean, I, I mean, just term... made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I was, no, I was I, uh... talking about um, 3Pass, because when you try to write something personal... Oh, no, 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 these look longer. I mean... They, they... they really, like, shorten it. No, I'm pretty sure these are going to be longer. But they kept, um... Yeah, the way Nintendo's p- pitching it is your me is your social go-between. Because if you're friends with these people, clearly you can't just call them or text them or hit them up in a normal way. You need it's to do it just a created a new way to interact with them. They, yep, <laughs> exactly. And it's through a cartoon version of yourself. Because real life is... Pioneers, man. Pioneer. Nintendo innovation. No, but honestly what it sounds like in a nutshell is no Tomodachi Life as a smartphone chat app. Like the Miis even talk. They're even going to use the same voices, probably. And you get to pick their personality like in Tomodachi Life. So it's pretty much that. But uh, Are you talking gibberish? No, they're going to do the... Are you ready to demonstrate? You do a pretty good impression. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, you do. I don't even have Tomodachi Life. Oh, yeah, but you know how to do the voice. You know how to do the me voice. You know, the little, like, squeaky or deep computerized. Gibberish. Oh, I guess. No, no it's not gibberish. They, no, say they, yeah, they, they say words. They just talk, like, in really high-pitched or yeah. really robotic You know, voices. you should demonstrate. I remember now. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Oh, all right. I don't know well, how to... You know, if this mic wasn't right here, you would totally do it. Um, Calling you out. I, what? I, I don't... I, I don't know. Look at this great mm. acting he's doing. So so Oscar-worthy. Um, There's no need to call anyone out on things. <laughs> that, was, oh, that was a little threatening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but what if I pull the rug out and just say what you were threatening? Okay, folks. No so here's what happened. Here's what happened. We were talking about Dr. Martin. I made a comment about he's never held a pill in his hand until, I, until Jose This is a never, out. ever. I said Dr. Martin has never, ever held a pill in his hand. Now I realized when Angel told me that, yes, he has in every single Dr. Mario game. There. Happy? You lost your leverage. <laughs> and look, no one turned off the pod... Well, I don't know if anyone turned it off. I don't think anyone <laughs> slammed their computer shut. Like, I'm not listening to this podcast because he doesn't know Dr. Mario holds pills. Also, Smash Bros. he throws <laughs> pills, now that I think about it. Yeah, but you know what? And I, he holds them, too, in his taunt. I know. I know, man. Throws them up. Well, you know what? That's, that's not important. What's important is Mitomo. That's also how he gets rid of the viruses. Throws them into the jars. But I get it. Yeah. I get it. So the other main component of Mitomo, besides um, the chat, is Mifoto, which I still think is a great name. And one correction from what we were talking about last time, and I'll keep it brief, um, is that you actually don't get to superimpose your me over the camera viewfinder in real time. Instead, you have to take a photo, and then you get to ed- use editing tools to put not just your me, but all sorts of props and stuff to get them to shoot a fireball or hold an envelope or whatever. 
Holding so, an envelope. <laughs> that's literally one of the screenshots. I had to. Nintendo didn't say everything that I'm saying right now. There were screenshots that showed some of what I was saying. So there's a lot of mystery about it too. Like there's a stamp section. I don't know what that's for. There's. I don't want that to be in their advertising. You could throw a fireball or hold an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I'm just telling you what I saw, man. But um, yeah, Nintendo is saying that there will be money to be spent in this app. It's free to start. <laughs> Did they put an exclamation mark at the end of that? What? There will be money to spend. <laughs> I should be their marketing. You could hold a fireball or an envelope and give us money. But yeah, no, they're going to have it be free to start. And we now know that what you get with the um, money is you translate that into Mitomo coins. Oh. And Mitomo coins let you buy in-game items, accessories, Can you make shirts. this in-game currency? Yes. That's how, even though Nintendo calls this a social experience, that's how it still adds core a Nintendo game-esque thing. Kind of going back to Nintendo gamifies everything. No idea how it works, but you can unlock new items as you play Mitomo. And I noticed in the screenshots that the shirts and the clothes that you're wearing have little level trackers. Like level 1 with a little status bar, and level 2 and whatnot. So some way you can level up your clothing, which I assume gives you coins to unlock more clothing. I'm guessing it's based on how much you chat, but I, I, I don't know. This is gonna bomb. I don't think it's gonna bomb. <laughs> I just don't think it's gonna be the biggest thing ever, like Nintendo might be hoping. And, I mean, honestly, it's shaping up to be better than it sounded when we first talked about it last fall or whatever. Like, originally, it was like, your me talks to people, and then their me talks to you, and that's it. But definitely but there like was no inter, like no actual interaction with them. Yeah, yeah, but now there's, like, actually, it's a conversation starter, mm. so that may work on it's one level. It's like something fun to check out every once in a while. Yeah, it has the photo thing, which I can see funny photos going viral, among in the gaming world, at least, among gamers. But it's not go- it's not going to be the next, like... Angry Birds, no. It's not going to be the next Facebook Messenger. It's not going to be the next Farmville, but I could see it being like... Snapchat. No, Snapchat's huge. No, that's right. It's not going to be that. It's not going to be Snapchat, but I could see it being like... A draw lesser, something? Like Draw Something, where it's big for a little while and then fizzles out. Which is all Nintendo needs. This is their foot in the door. They can make money off this, and then they have other apps coming up. Now that they've got your attention. Yeah, essentially, this is essentially Nintendo going, look guys, we're making a smartphone app. I mean, need I remind you, they say, it's from Nintendo, like seven times on their website. <laughs> Start off big. That's what you would think and they would nice. do. But, I guess for whatever reason, they thought this was the big Start game. off with an actual game. I know, I know. I, I think that ultimately that's what they should do. But here we are, this comes out in a month, we'll try it out, see how it is. I'm cautiously interested. I don't know how much I'll use it, but I'm curious to try it. Not at all. We well, have a smartphone. It. No, you. Can't I'm he, calling it for you. Can't he, no. you're, you're like, I don't know how much I use it. I'm no, I open it. The me's going to ask me some questions. I answer them, and then it's going to send them out to people. Why would I not take a couple minutes? Here I guess not at all. Not literally, but. Well, that's literally what that means. <laughs> There's no not, not at gonna, all, but sometimes. It wouldn't and, work with like an iPad or anything like oh, that. Oh, I think it actually does. I think they say tablet too. So yeah, you could on your mini. Would but you I won't. use it? But you won't. Will you? No, probably what about not. You. I'm gonna give it a try. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a try. But fine. Maybe this isn't what you're looking for, Elvis. But. There is real app. There are real apps, real Nintendo characters coming. That's something that uh, oh, their, yeah. their president Tosumi Kimishima said during the financial the financial briefing Q and A that um, we couldn't cover last episode because it wasn't out yet. But now the transcript's out, so he said, "How it works? What? How it works? That's how it works." I was just explaining. <laughs> Can't why. talk about it because it's not out. I know, but it, it <laughs> happened. We just didn't have a translation to work off of. But now that it's out, we know that he made a couple of comments about apps that may be of interest to you. One is that there will be games involving their major IP. They're not saying they're not not doing any. They said they will do some. Um, I mean, it'd be a horrible mistake if they didn't. Yeah, it would be. But they said all IPs are fair game. There's four more I think that are in the works, including not including Pokemon Go, which is like a side project. Um, 
what Team Machine was said that's kind of interesting to me is he made a comment about how the apps might not just be standalone things, but some sort of like synergistic marketing for games where it's like they'll release a Zelda app for Zelda right before Zelda. And it might be its own thing, it might not be, and then it somehow, you know, one relays people to the other in some way. Um, this, of course, does beg the... He, he specifically said the quote is... Um, <laughs> no, no, the only reason I'm saying... Uh, I'm just picturing something I like um, I lost it I had it on my screen oh yeah Nintendo is uniquely poised to connect applications for smart devices with games on dedicated video game systems which to me sounds like he's talking about second screen experiences like the Watch Dogs app or the Assassin's Ooh, Creed the app. Watch Dogs app was really 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 yeah it sounds yeah, like yeah. he's saying some of their apps could be that okay, you're gonna say okay. something before though I don't know for some reason I'm like just cause it's Nintendo and we haven't really seen them do something like to that extent yet. Yeah, I'm expecting something like the the Metroid channel that came out for a while. <laughs> that was literally just, just video. It was a video of the Metroid Prime Three, and some art. Yeah, and I think that was it. I don't really remember. Poor, but, poor Nintendo. Yeah, but I don't know that. that I that'd be really cool. If we get stuff like that. Well, that, which begs the question of okay, let's. So they're saying their next game, their next few apps, games, whatever you want to call them. They keep calling them apps, by the way, which Burger suggested might be a second screen experience. They're saying some will have gameplay that's unique to smartphones, but they keep calling them apps, not games. So I think it's second screen is likely, but Imagine what I, do you think would be like an ideal... I mean, not ideal, but I mean, like, say... They, I mean, don't they call Angry Birds game like the Angry Birds app? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But they're still, but he's still pointing out that they're going to communicate in some way back, so... But I mean, like, something like Very Outlandish that I'm sure will never work, but the thing that I thinking is you know how Super Mario Brothers 2 the the whole like gimmick of it was to collect a million coins yeah so if they have another game down the line where you have to collect another like million or just coins in general like all, all those coins you collect because you don't you don't spend them in any side scrolling Mario game you just collect them right so if you get all those coins that you collect in game onto this app and then you use those coins for stuff I don't know that would be cool that and their goal, like, they're giving them purpose besides giving you an extra life. Their ultimate goal is to have a cloud bridge between all their games and apps and everything. So that would be an easy way. Like you do something on one, it rewards you on. The yeah, other. like maybe any Mario game, like going forward, like the coins will go towards this giant bank or something. That would be neat. That would be actually cool. Another idea I had. That oh, was Mario Party could be a really cool. Smartphone. I yeah, don't know how that could work hmm. really well. Mario Party could work well. Any Kirby game because it's already experimental. Like yeah. They can make a new Kirby that's like uh, smartphone I, I guess Kirby Tilt and Tumble. They could finally make the sequel yeah. that never came out on GameCube. That, that would be perfect for that. It would. Because he never said which IP. He just said major IP. Yeah, and, and depending so. how they do it, um, like they could definitely make Mario Party work. Like Kind of yeah. like um, kind of like Draw Something or those things where you don't need to have people actually playing at the same time. The only thing that would definitely get hurt are the mini games, which is kind of what people yeah. really like Mario Party for. But they could come up with some where it's like, it could be like, because some of the Mario yeah, they, they Party main games, yeah. you don't have to be head-to-head. Like, the ones where you have to draw an outline, or the ones where you have to do certain things in tan, like, independently, you all do one of four things. <laughs> I drew my finishing thing, like, three days ago. We were just waiting on one guy. So yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah. yeah, that's how it could work. Yeah, yeah. Or it could just be a one-on-one. I'm going to call Mario vs. Donkey Kong app. <laughs> the the <laughs> those, first one. Probably. All those games should feel like they should be an app. Yeah, that's true. Especially the one on 3DS with the, like extra where it's all touch basically yeah yeah i think i think uh one other possibility is they might go literally the second screen route like we were saying before because let's take zelda for example i could easily see them doing a zelda okay thank you Uh, i could see them easily doing a zelda for a zelda companion app because if let's if the new Zelda is not Wii U exclusive, as people speculate if it comes to nx as well as wii u nx may or may not have a gamepad equivalent with a second screen that can work as that map that's so crucial for the new Zelda. But 
a smartphone app can easily fill that void. So they could still release it on both systems, and they get a cool companion app for Zelda if you're playing on NX or whatever. It's doable. Isn't that something kinda... like that? Feel it's a it's a lame way of doing. It. Like it's the most boring option, but it's something that's been proven on game systems to work, and it would resolve their issue if they do try and port Zelda to NX without two screens. Isn't that so. kind of what you could do in? No, never mind. I was thinking... I was trying to remember what Assassin's Creed did. I just know you could send boats out. Yeah, and then but Watch I don't Dogs know. had the map, right? Well, it was like a... You play a, with the PS4 on Watch Dogs. What? The app? Yeah, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. You control the traffic lights. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, someone's a cop. And right. The See, guys, something like that yeah. would be... That would be really cool. Or if, like, somehow... What game would that make sense for? Something like that. But Nintendo mm. could basically take their asymmetric gameplay idea and make it work with a smartphone and have companion apps. I mean... It, that could kind of work if they did it with Splatoon. Ex- well, yeah. Yeah. Splatoon would be weird because you have to have your phone next to you and open mm-hmm, it all the time. Yeah. Because, like, Zelda, it's like you're on a giant map in a giant field. You can quickly open your phone. And, yeah, and it's a single-player game, so there's yeah. no... Multiplayer, chaotic things won't work as well. So, like, Nintendo Land, I don't think it'd be replicated with a smartphone ever. But Mario vs. Donkey Kong mini games, a map for Zelda, a Kirby Tilt and Tumble, a Kirby... A, a Pokemon Pinball sequel. Any of those things could work pretty well on a smartphone or and and, and any of the pokemon puzzle games and the, the, yeah puzzle puzzle challenge. i would love to see puzzle challenge get the uh get a smartphone yeah, trilogy is basically a, a phone game but on the 3ds yeah shuffle as well yeah shuffle which is basically the same oh, thing yeah. as, uh but yeah it's um it'll be interesting to see one interesting thing is that kimishima said they're open to entirely new game ideas as well so, so that might be there might be entirely new properties like mitomo you know in that context mitomo makes more sense actually if Nintendo's saying, hey, we're going to make stuff you're familiar with and stuff you're not familiar with for smartphones, let's start in the middle with something you're familiar with in a way that is new for Nintendo but traditional for a phone. Like, as an entry for Nintendo saying, look, we're doing phone things, it kind of makes sense to do something that phones do, like communicate. On that level, it kind of makes sense. As, like, a big picture, like, oh, we need a... Like, what's a phone do? You talk on a phone. How can we talk in our games? Oh, <laughs> Mies can talk. How the Mies talk? I mean, nowadays, <laughs> talking, that's just one thing phones could do now. <laughs> imagine but that's, like... A, a, shit, a lot of things. Ooh, imagine <laughs> a phone app where you call someone with, like... From the app, it could lift your contact and it just yeah. taps into your thing. So when you're calling someone, you could pick a voice filter so you could sound like Mario to that other person. Because that's horrible. <laughs> They figured out the technology to make you sound perfect. That'd be awful and amazing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes Charles Martinet's job. Yeah, <laughs> anyone could be him. But, um, yeah. But they I, needed him to say every possible word. <laughs> they would, yeah. But Or they'd have him string together syllables, and when you talk to someone, it'd be super disjointed. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I think whatever they're doing with smartphones... Is I guess Snapchat actually, filters where... They already have those. Yeah, oh, they do. Mario Nintendo ones? had a holiday, Nintendo holiday Snapchat filters. If you were in Best Buys and open Snapchat, you could have a Mario filter. Well, I kind of meant one where, like, there's some that, like, track your face and make you puke rainbows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of one where, I don't know, it puts, like, a digital, like, a CG Mario on top of you, so when you talk, he talks. Kind of like that. By the way, just to show how weird our society has gotten, you just said there's an app that makes you puke rainbows, and none of us bat an eye at it. We're like, yep, that's how it works. Like, if you said that ten years ago, people would be extremely confused, and there'd be laughter to be had, and we're just like, yep, debatable. <laughs> you don't think ten years ago, if he just out of the blue was like, yeah, you could puke rainbows, you wouldn't be like, wait, what? Ten years ago, I would be twelve. Yeah, yeah. When you're twelve, I'm pretty sure you'd be like puking rainbows. What? I'm like, well, I want to play that. Right. But now it's so normal. It's like, oh yeah, Snapchat. You puke rainbows. What you do? How it works. There's gonna be an app that's the Mario 64 title screen or the screen where just a stretchy Mario and nothing else. (laughs) I would. I could say for free. I would download that. Yes. You wouldn't pay a buck. 
No. What, what if you could stretch like a bunch of Mario characters' faces? No, I do start. It'd be it'd be like Matoma. Yeah, Mario be would be free, free to start, and then and if yeah. you want more, it's ninety nine cents per face. I'll get Captain Toad. And you can there. and you can send the mm. faces to your friends or blah blah blah. Or you could stretch your friends. That's it. You could. Or I guess if you have you take a photo any of your character friend, and then it maps on a three D. There, there are active face. They have face. Swap, you could yeah. freeze it or save the face you want and then put it on pictures. Someone's gonna steal these ideas and make oh, videos. No, like there's there's an app by swap. No, but there's an app by I forgot what company, but you take a picture of yourself and you literally make a 3D model of your face. Oh, and interesting. There's another one where if you take pretty much like a 360 picture of anything, you can make a whole little 3D model. Huh. That you could like move around and mess with. Like I've, I've played with that. It's actually pretty cool. That's show me after we record. I deleted it because it's old. Took, yeah. Oh well, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll try to find it, but it's a pretty cool app. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, so I guess the, the moral of the story is Nintendo has a lot of options with smartphone. And if you're not happy with Mitomo as you're not Elvis, uh, there will be other chances to be happy. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is going to be a big one and then all these other crazy Pokemon. things. Pokemon. Ew. You love Pokemon. What are you yeah, talking no, about? I just wanted to cause a firestorm. Oh, it didn't work. It shot you down. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm very curious to see what Nintendo does. with. I think Mitomo, if not... If not for the content itself, what it signifies is going to be more interesting. But um, beyond just smartphones, Kimishima also dropped some hints about the 3DS and uh, in that financial briefing and what, what's in store for that. So as you um, may recall, last year we were talking about... Or last year, wow. Last episode we were talking about how in the last year the 3DS didn't do as well and was kind of down. But Kimishima says, no, it's still a major pillar for Nintendo for this year, which means through the holidays and into early next year like this fiscal year so that of course kind of begs the question of how are they going to achieve that if there's no games and the system's floundering and he says well there's a lot of games coming some that are not announced yet some that are quote major title because we have the rpgs right now we have fire emblem we have mario and luigi we have metro uh, prime hunters Raven two second we have essentially oh, Metro Prime Hunters 2 is called Metric Federation. <laughs> right. <laughs> we have, forgot about that. Yeah, game. we have, you know, we have stuff. Which I am excited for. We like to forget about it. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think <laughs> it got a lot of flack. I played it at E3, but only the soccer mode. And the soccer mode was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. But I Was it like a not fun version of Rocket, Rocket League? League? It was like a slowed down, first person clunky version of Rocket League. Something like exactly what you don't want. But. In a game like that. But it reminded me a lot of, um, <laughs> sorry, uh, I just have to look over at, uh, we have our laptops on, I have to look over at Elvis's and there's a dancing monkey on it, <laughs> like a real, like a real monkey, not a cartoon, um, anyway, what was I saying? Right, yeah, Federation Force, it, uh, the potent, like, it felt like a Metroid Prime Hunter style game, it just needed to tweak stuff, so I'm hopeful it's gonna be good, but, if he's saying major titles, that means it's gonna, it has to be something huge. And we kind of run the gauntlet of most Nintendo yeah, They've kind of run out of Zelda remakes. I don't know. Yeah, my um, theory... Minish Cap 3D. My theory is... With, with um, A Link Between Worlds graphics. That'd be cool. Ooh. That'd actually be kind of cool. Actually, it would have to be um, Triforce here because they already had the two Link models. They just literally have to... Yeah, true. Make everything else. <laughs> yeah. They could do Four Swords Adventures redone as a Triforce Heroes sequel. But no, what I actually think is good. Isn't that be. why they didn't make it for Link? Oh, yeah, that's true. Right, because they didn't want too tall, yeah. Uh, they limited only to local multiplayer, but yeah, that would be bad though. Um, what I think is actually gonna happen though, in terms of the next game, is Pokemon Z. All the stars are aligning for that. Namely, a new Pokemon was revealed by the Pokemon Company last week, and they only do that when they have a movie that's gonna come out right before a new game. So 
We have a brand new Pokemon. For those who care, its name is Ma Majarna. It's a man-made Pokemon. It's 5,000 years old. It's made of artificial material. It's the first artificial Pokemon. Artificial? Artificial. That's the blurb that Pokemon Company put out. It's an art. It's called the artificial Pokemon. Wouldn't Mewtwo be the first artificial Pokemon? No, he's still. He was cloned, but he was still like. Claydolls were made by people. Hey, I'm just telling you what Pokemon times. Company said. Five thousand years ago, they made this Pokemon that's nicknamed the first ar the the artificial Pokemon. Just what I'm telling you. They yeah. said on their website. Oh, There's a link on the blog post. You can go read it yourself. I mean, I guess it could be the first if it predates Claydolls. He well, I mean, okay, maybe he's not the first, but he's dubbed the artificial Pokemon. Mm. He's five thousand years old and he's man-made. That's what we know. Porygon. Yeah. Oh, that's another ah, one. Five thousand years ago, the Porygon. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, dead. That's def yeah, Porygon's definitely new. But Claydol's the only one I could think of. That's like an old. Hey, thing. I'm not. I'm not. Don't shoot the messenger. No, don't don't not, shoot the messenger. No, but um, yeah. So either way, the fact that they announced this guy <laughs> is, I would say, a sign that we might be getting Pokemon Z this year. Because if you look historically. They have always put out, one, they put out the third version of a game right at the switch to a new system, like, consistently. And two, or not consistently, but lined up. And two, new Pokemon will come out when there's a new Pokemon game to come with it. I mean, I'd say this was more like the final nail on the coffin. Because, I mean, before this, they announced, um... I mean, if, if there was going to be a Pokemon Z, like, obviously Zygarde would be, like, on the cover of it. Yeah. Because he's named Z, 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 and he's, like, the third legendary. Yeah. But then, like, a few months ago, they revealed, like... Like, pretty much Zygarde's, until just recently, like, evolutionary chain. There's, like, Zygarde, like, 1%, and they take one cell, and then they have, like, a 2% form and a 3% form. And they have, like, a bunch of forms. And that's usually, like, like yeah, if they have that, like, they're not, they're not going to be in X and Y already. It or, has to be Z, yeah. right? Yeah. And, I mean, to further prove this, so I... I oh, just like Hiratina. Like, Hiratina didn't have alternate forms until Platinum version, which was Hiratina-centric. Right. So... Right, and to further back your claims, I did a little digging. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when Pokemon Crystal came out, it was at the, the switcheroo from Game Boy Color to Game Boy Advance, like that crossover. The Game Boy Color came out a month... Sorry. Crystal came out for Game Boy Color a month after the Game Boy Advance launched. And then Nintendo repeated that pattern with Emerald coming out for Game Boy Advance two months before the DS. So anytime they do these third versions, or not anytime, but often when they do these third versions, they are right there side by side with the next system launch as a way to propel sales of the old system before people switch over. If the DS is potentially in its last year because of NX coming out, Pokemon Z would serve exactly that purpose. It'd be the last big hurrah. It'd help transition over because people could buy it for both. Does this happen to fall in their current release pattern yet? Because um, going, going, going back to... Diamond, did they release some... Um, if I'm not mistaken... What they, they had gold and silver between that, right? If and I'm not then, mistaken, they went new game, remake, third, third version, version, new and then game, it was, remake, And then it was version. Pokemon Black and White. Yeah. Did they have a remake between Black well, and White 1 and 2? Well, they had I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe not. So maybe that's not as consistent. Yeah, but, but then it was new game and then remake. But the fact then, that it's Aura's yeah. this past year in 2014, yeah, been, yeah. and there's nothing this year... In 2015, or in... Well, hold on, we're now in 2016. In 2014, it was Auras. In 2015, it was nothing. In 2016, it's got to be something new, or a third version. Yeah. So I think Pokemon Z is probably the unannounced major title that Nintendo has to keep the 3DS afloat. It lines up. Too many things are lining up too well for it not to be. So, so for those who have always wanted it, there you go. And, oh, oh of course, we forgot the biggest thing. It's the Pokemon 20th anniversary. They're not going to not release a new Pokemon game this year. 
like a true Pokemon game. That and a lot of their marketing, like the movies and games they already have shows called Pokemon XYZ. Exactly. And there's the fact that like the demands there, so many people were tweeting. I saw so many mentions of Pokemon Z around that Super Bowl ad being released. Like, oh, why is it not promoting Pokemon Z? Why is it not announced in this? So like everyone's expecting it. At some point it has to happen. People are expecting it, but how many really want it? Uh, That's a good question. Well, that Pokemon ad actually is kind of an aside, but do you know that Pokemon Super Bowl ad was rated or was voted on as the favorite Super Bowl ad of the 2015 game, 2016 game, this year's game? Really? YouTube does that's the favorite. That's YouTube does this thing called the ad blitz, where all the videos are posted after the game, and you can go watch them and vote on your favorite. And either through rigging the poll or (laughs) fans being really, really obsessive or whatever, Pokemon was voted number one. It's considered the winner of the ad blitz this year. So. Probably simply because it's Pokemon. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, but um, still kind of neat. Not that the ad was bad. Uh, or, it wasn't what yeah. you guys were looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I thought it was good for casuals. The fake out of being a normal like sports ad and becoming Pokemon in the extended version that was online opposed to the thirty second one on TV was I thought pretty well. I like my commercials to be entertaining. I was entertained. Were you <laughs> not entertained? Not really. It was a pretty boring commercial. Oh, you're a pretty boring <laughs> commercial. No, uh, it was a boring no it's, a fair com- it's a fair assessment. Like, if you're expecting some sort of, like, crazy thing, it was not that. No, it was very just, like, Gatorade, motivation for sports. Yeah, oh, nope, just kidding. Pokemon, gotcha. That's kind of mm. how you can sum it up. At least on the bright side, if you were hoping to be entertained in a Wii U drought and you missed out on some old games, Nintendo's bringing some Wii U Selects and 3DS Selects or something. That is true. That yeah. was a nice transition. Uh wow okay he did it for me yes so that's the other thing is I was going to say I had it all queued up in my head and on my notes here I was going to say that um, Nintendo's not just new titles like Pokemon Z are potentially happening but Nintendo's already following through on their previous plans of evergreening the heck out of everything so in this case like you said Nintendo selection are coming stateside this Nintendo's previously stated was one of the main drivers of sales of software in Europe was Pokemon Island or wow Mario Party Island Tour and games like that getting a, and Nintendogs getting a boost in sales because they repackaged them as this kind of Nintendo Selects and now on March 11th it's been leaked that they will also be coming stateside. So for those who have yet to Still buy GameCube games to like be released in some form. Yeah, they're not. They, well, you know what they're doing? They're putting some Wii games. They're reprinting Wii games like original Wii for this. So this flyer, which came from a Canadian retailer, presumably applies to America as well. But what they announced is for 30 bucks, starting March 11th, on 3DS, you'll be able to get Donkey Kong Country 3D, Mario Party Island Tour, Yoshi's New Island, or Zelda Ocarina of Time 3D. For the Wii U, you'll be able to get Tropical Freeze, Mario 3D World, NES Remix, and Pikmin 3, all for 30 apiece. And then for okay. the Wii, this is where it gets really random, they're going to start reprinting Donkey Kong Country Returns, mm-hmm. even though it's on 3DS for the same price. Uh, Mario Galaxy 2, Animal Crossing <laughs> City Folk, but without the Wii Speak mic, and, you ready for the random one? The Mario All-Stars Collection, but not in the Collector's Ooh, Edition, the just the game one? by itself. The weird sports one? No, the no, 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 no. All-Stars oh. Collection. That's the Super Nintendo one they poured over for Mario's 20th anniversary. Oh. Yeah. Literally just a Super Nintendo game, but on the Wii. Mm. Yeah, and it, but it came with an art book and stuff, so it was worth it, but now they're just giving <laughs> you the game yeah. for $30. So, uh, the 3DS ones, I'm sure, will help the 3D. I, I'm sure it'll I mean, all Galaxy help sell. Galaxy 2 already on the Wii U eShop? Yeah, but now you can get it for 30 bucks in a box with a giant red banner that says Nintendo Select on it. Yeah. So, I don't know why they're... Re- <laughs> my copy is signed to Nigel Quite by people. Charles Martin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. How <laughs> about that, yeah. Um, do you want to tell us, sir, for anyone uh, who hasn't heard it, like our listeners? Um, we were in line I'm to sure get... I'm pretty sure said this, sorry. Four years ago. 
Oh my god, it's been four years? Mm -hmm. Wow. So we were in line to meet Charles Martinet, and he's such a nice guy. He took the time to actually like chat with everybody in line. So even though it took a long time, it was well worth it. Um, I got my copy of New Super Mario of Super Mario 3D Land signed. I was really happy. And then, um, but I also had my Galaxy 2 game because that was also my favorite game. But I handed it to my friend because he didn't have anything that to get signed. So mm -hmm. he said, oh, I'll, I'll take it for you. And then he takes it and he was asking for everyone's name. And he wrote down, like, Nigel, you were super and like a little message. Because he's like, oh, cause, yeah, because Martin is like, oh, hey, what's your name? And our friend Nigel was like, I'm Nigel. And he's like, great. And he just started writing. He didn't even ask you want personalized. He just started writing. Yeah, my about. friend's face was like all horrified. And so I'm like, it's all right. So I have a post-it on it. Oh, you covered the name of the post-it? Yep. Where is it at? Eh, it's not worth looking for it. That's true, because no one can see it but me, because this is audio. And so Charles Martinet would be like, well, this, is gonna, this isn't going to be sold on eBay. Let's put everyone's name on it. Nah, I yeah. think he just wanted to do the extra, the touch I mean, to he, 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 he gave every, about you as a fan. He gave everyone headshots and with messages. Oh, he's got two headshots, because he said he liked Waluigi, and he was really happy about that. Uh, no, I, it was, uh, I remember I said, uh, or once I got my shirt signed, I had a Wario shirt that I got signed. I told him, like, oh, cool, like, now that I finally met you, I can, like, cross it off my bucket list. So I guess I'm like, oh, wow, I'm on your bucket list. I guess that's what he was thinking. Uh, so then he went, like, out of the way to, like, give right. me an extra, uh, an extra, um, what, what did you say? Headshot. headshot. An extra headshot with, like, wand. a personalized Wario one, and then another one was just, like, the normal generic one that everyone got. Yeah. He, he is a really yeah, nice yeah, he was guy. surprised that, I guess, Wario was my Oh, yeah, he character. also gave you, like, a Wario, like, ring message. Like answer well, oh, yeah, yeah. for us on the show. We yeah. had a special intro from Shark Martin yeah, as yeah. Mario welcoming everyone to yeah, the show. Like, that oh, year. I need to get that. Yeah, meantime. Mario would answer I mean, Elvis's phone and say like, "Oh, he's not here." And yeah, then I wow, find da, 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 da. I think Mario was also there. I have a Mario voicemail, or no, I just had the podcast thing. But yeah, it was yeah. it was cool. He's a really nice guy. That I need was, to find that. I think in total, I've audio met him three times. Was it at three last year? I uh, three last year too, and he's like the nicest. Dude. He was also at Comic Con last year, but we did not meet him. Yeah, we did. we were like been there, done that. But no, he's uh, he's such a nice guy, and he was at the Nintendo World opening. But we'll talk about Nintendo World in a bit. But um, really, really nice guy. I I was gonna say um, in addition to I'm gonna try to get a Waluigi one next time. You should if he's at Comic Con this year. For sure. Actually, if I see him at E3, I can try and get you one. Hmm. Cool. If he's A3 again. Because then he'll be like, whoa, someone loves Waluigi. I'll totally do this. Well, I mean, of course people know Waluigi. <laughs> no, well, someone loves Waluigi. Oh, loves, yeah. No one ever goes for him for like... Yeah, that's true. That is very his true. other no voices. People hate him. <laughs> but, um... I mean, only, everyone's just going to ask him just for the Mario voice or anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try at E3 or Kanye or something. We'll make it happen. It'd be interesting. We'll get speak. a new intro for the podcast, make, too. Make him do the baby voices. <laughs> mm -hmm. Make him do the whole Nintendo. family of, of Mario's. Just every character from the Mushroom Kingdom, just back to back to back. One word per character. Yeah, what would baby Waluigi sound like? Just a really high-pitched wah, <laughs> I assume. You asked him, though. Is that what he did? You asked him. Baby Waluigi? Yeah, you asked him. Yeah. What'd he say? Because I, I told Imitate him... Imitate what he did before. No, he please. didn't. Because he was uh, like, well, Waluigi's kind of high-pitched. Like, I, I just don't know. Uh, <laughs> stumping <laughs> me with these questions. You know he hasn't slept a night since because he's been so <laughs> set on figuring it out that he's just... It's ruined his life. I know. Oh, he's dreading the day that Nintendo asked him, all right, so we're making an all-baby game. <laughs> oh, God. I think it's like Mario Babies, like Muppet Baby style. I would. A TV show? <laughs> or no, just like a Aww. game or something. Or even a TV show, yeah. They did like, say they're going to have animation. As an IP expansion thing, so... You're going to have shows? Apparently. They're doing anime I mean, They already kind of got the Pikmin one kind yep, of rule. Yeah, We talked about this a couple the of potential. episodes ago. You might not have been here. I don't remember. Uh, I was going to say, before we move over to the next topic, um, also, another game that is kind of a surprise coming to 3DS, sort of, is Pokemon Rumble World getting a physical release. I'm not sure why. 
It's gonna be thirty bucks. This was the free to play one on the eShop or free to start. Mm-hmm. Now it's gonna be. Um, I was confused because I didn't really read the headline, but I saw that it was popping up in all these news feeds. Yeah, and I was like, wait, this is new. I assume it's because they just need to pad the shelves with some new stuff. But it's uh, it's gonna be thirty bucks. It's gonna come with all the stuff pre unlocked. You don't need to spend money in the game. That'd be crazy if you did. And it's that, <laughs> the game's already beaten for you. <laughs> but yeah, but that's literally it. That's that's just I guess and I'm. My gut feeling is they're going to do more of this throughout the year because they needed. Not everyone knows the eShop is there, so they need to put stuff in front of like parents, and if they want to keep the 3DS afloat and keep it as a major pillar, like Kimishima said. So, who knows? But but back to the briefing Q and A for a moment. Um, the one other topic that Kimishima actually touched on in some depth was Nintendo's plans to expand their IP, kind of like the animation thing we were talking about, or you know all that uh, the app stuff they're doing. And we know that they're going to do a lot of licensing and that sort of thing. They've talked about that before. But I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, Kimishima said some new stuff about that what they're essentially doing is... Uh, this is going to sound like it's a cult. They're indoctrinating kids. That's what they mm-hmm. want to do. They want to indoctrinate children with all this IP expansion. And the fact that he like basically fessed up to being like, yeah, kids of a young age no longer... Their first game is no longer Nintendo because of the changing market, as he put it, which translates mm-hmm. to smartphone games. So because of smartphone games and Minecraft, kids are exposed to Nintendo later. And he didn't say this outright, but you can kind of infer from it. That means, okay, if a kid's first game is Minecraft and they don't play a Mario Kart till they're 10, they don't have that lifelong nostalgia for Mario. They don't have that. They're not us. They don't have that fandom at a very young age that they carry through and continue to like Nintendo forever. If they like something else, then come over to Nintendo. They'll be like, yeah, Mario Kart's fun, whatever. Or yeah, Smash Bros. is fun, but they're... Who are the all odds these of characters? Them, the, uh, what? No, the kids. Who are all these Right, characters? exactly. Like, the odds of them caring as much and being longtime fans that are guaranteed moneymakers for them for a prolonged period diminishes. So, some of the licensing they're doing is... These are actual examples. He cited to their investors things like a Mario Electric Toothbrush. And hmm. Mario shoes, so that Ooh. even if the kid doesn't necessarily the vans, the Mario vans, I think is what he's talking about. Oh, not but just even brown if, shoes. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mario's they're loafers. Not just, they're not just Mario brown loafers, no. <laughs> but um, or like Lynx boots, no. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that, that it's interesting because we always talk about the IPS. Oh, they're trying to like you saw an official peach dress, be expensive. Uh, Halloween costumes. Those do exist. But official ones. Yeah, they're licensed. No, I'm the saying like... Oh, you mean like a nice gown? Yeah. Like someone say, wears well, well, like, a yeah. dress? <laughs> um, well, I almost never see um, kids at the school that work at wearing um, like Nintendo shirts. They almost yeah. always, it's almost 90% like Minecraft related. And it used to be Angry Birds, um, right? They, they actually do have a lot of... A lot of them have Nintendo backpacks, Pokemon backpacks, yep. Nintendo lunchboxes. It's always, always like a Mario one or Mario... It's them, to allude to what you were saying earlier, it's them... Just another example of them Disneyfying, like you were saying, with how they kept saying, like, it's from Nintendo or by Nintendo or Nintendo Presents with Mitomo. But, um, yeah, with this one, it's, it's just interesting because, like, we always have talked about, oh, yeah, Nintendo's trying to get people that are familiar with their characters to like them more with merchandise, with amiibo, with theme park rides. Like, oh, hey, Mario Kart, the ride is fun. Maybe I should check out the game if I've never played it somehow. But we never thought about the fact that they have to target these young kids, too. It sounds like they're an evil tobacco corporation trying to get kids to smoke. <laughs> but, like, it's that same mindset, though. It's a safer like, way, I guess. Yeah, it's safer than smoking, yes. But it is the same mindset of, like, if these kids don't care at a, If these kids don't have any exposure to it till they're older, will they care? If I wasn't... Like, I didn't... I wasn't exposed to Ninja Turtles much when I was really little. You guys were. You guys love it. 
I'm like, whatever. Like, no one was there going, like, check out Ninja Turtles. Like, oh, we bought you a Ninja Turtle action figure. Or, oh, look at all this Ninja Turtle merchandise. I just kind of do my own thing. Never really cared about Ninja Turtles. You guys grew up with it and continue to care tremendously about Ninja Turtles. So I feel like yeah, Nintendo's trying to... Much. Um, you just spent, like, $400 on really fancy Ninja Turtle figurines that are sitting right there. Not 400 200 300 Well, I guess all of them... 600 I guess if you count all of them on the shelf, yeah. Yeah, but my point is, my point <laughs> you and Transformers is another one. Like, even me, like, I have more of an affinity for, like, Beast Wars and Transformers than I do for Ninja Turtles, because I grew up watching Beast Wars and Transformers. At a young age, I found Beast Wars, and, like, I... Now, I don't, like, go buy all the merchandise necessary, but I'm more attached to that than I would be, say, something else. So if they get the kids young with toothbrushes... <laughs> so how come, like, Nintendo's does... going after kids and, like, Sony and... Yeah. That Microsoft kid. don't. Yeah, but smartphones do. Smartphone games do. So it's kind of... Oh. They are kind of corner a market that's less po- less crowded, though. You're right. It mm. seems like Nintendo's really centered on um, uh, just replicating the whole childhood... Yeah. thing with the new generation. They're just trying to Disney. Basically. Because, mm-hmm. like, think about... You know what a good example is? Just think of all the people that are, like... Oh, man. All the Disney, like, fans that are adults that are, like, insane about Disney. Like, insane about it. You definitely hear more, of, like, adults, like, rave about Disney. Right. Like, but can... Disney still makes... Even though there's a ton of adults that do it, they still have to get the kids. So that when the kids become adults, that continues and they make all that money. Nintendo's essentially trying to do that. In a nutshell. Which is smart. Focusing but. on having good consoles. Oh, I'm just kidding. Well, no, this is an addition to it. Because like, there's only so many games they could put out in a year. There's only so many ways they could get a kid to go play that game. But if they get the kid familiar with Mario because his favorite toothbrush goes woohoo every time it touches his mouth. Which would be really <laughs> weird. But if it did that, then the kid's like, oh, hey, it's that Mario guy, mm-hmm. but he's driving a car. I want to drive a car as Mario. Like, that sort of thing. It's like Mickey Mouse being everywhere. Like, adults are Mickey Mouse watches. Like, it's a similar idea. But that IP strategy is in full swing. Not just with this, but in general. Because, like, I don't know if you guys have seen the revamped Nintendo store. It just opened on Friday. We're recording this literally the day after. We're on the wrong side of the country. But there are video tours and stuff, and I was watching some of them. And Nintendo New York, with formerly Nintendo World, um, it's all merchandise now. Like, the, first of all, the remodel wasn't... We have like, merchandise from there. Which is I know, crazy. courtesy of me. But the, uh... Yeah. I say Nintendo New York specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah, which we got before they even switched over, which yeah. is kind of funny. But, yeah, the, um... Could have gotten us a coin. No, I couldn't have. They didn't exist until yesterday, two days ago. Could have flown over there. I'm not flying over there for that. Wow. I said you could have. I could have, but I'm not. Yeah. Anyway, what I was going to say, though, is, like, so Nintendo World in the past was a pretty 50-50 split, maybe even two-thirds in favor of games. They had tons of demo kiosks. They had tons... They have shelves of just games. They had some merchandise, but mostly games. Or maybe close to half and half. But now, watching these videos, sure, there's a couple smatterings of kiosks. Sure, there's like a shelf with games. Excuse me. And sure, there's like a big giant 15-foot wall that's really cool to put Zelda Twilight Princess HD on. But everything else is now merchandise. They ripped out the entire... They used to a ring of 3DSs on a huge table that you could play. It's like a 3DS demo circle. It was like... Probably is big. It was like the size of... I don't know. It could fit maybe 10 or 12. What about the little museum? Other That's stuff. That's sort of there. They like uh. broke it up into pieces. But that 3DS circle that they used to demo on is completely gone and in its place is just merchandise. Go upstairs, they used to have stack upon stack, row upon row of, of Wii and then Wii, GameCube and then Wii and then Wii U demo units. Like they were like probably like 16 of them just kind of like set up as like these little towers. 
most of those are gone. They're scattered around the periphery now. A replace of one giant TV? They have one TV and they have a ton of merchandise. I think this further exemplifies the idea that Nintendo's going after the IP thing. Because, I mean, honestly, if you go on M&M World, like the M&M mm. store, it takes you three floors till you get to the actual candy. Everything else is merchandise. If you go to the Coca-Cola mm. store in Vegas, we had to go upstairs and across the room to find any actual drinkable Coke beyond just the generic, here's a simple Coke. Like no, want, the first floor had all they had the flavors. A, they had, no, they had a... They had a, sh- they had oh, a freezer guess, or yeah. a fridge of it, but upstairs was everything. Yeah, like the yeah, bar, yeah. the food, all that. It's because cool they had a flight with every single... Yeah, that we should have done that. Coat, yeah. But, but yeah, my point is, like, you have to walk through the tourist trap of all the merchandise to get upstairs. And Nintendo World used to be like, here's some games right when you walk in. And the thing is, you can buy those games anywhere. You can't necessarily buy the merchandise anywhere. If Nintendo's whole strategy is indoctrinating people at, like, a cult through the merchandise, you want to put that right in people's face the second they walk in. When a kid hears Nintendo, they're not just talking about the games, they're talking about the characters, or at least that's the idea. So you go to Nintendo in New York, and you get stuff with the characters on it. <laughs> and then eventually the kid goes by the games. That's, and I think, kind of the... Or wherever. <laughs> now those characters still making money. But I think that's kind of where we're seeing this IP thing go now. Is it's all about, like, <clears throat> shoving the characters down people's throats, and then eventually they'll buy the game, too. And that's how Nintendo will make their money. But, as long as there's more Wario merchandise, I'm okay. There, was some at Nintendo World, if I remember correctly, but from the video, but or Nintendo New York, but yeah, but yeah. So that's kind of that's all really Kimishima said about it. Um, he did not talk about the NX at all, as we mentioned last episode, but that hasn't stopped other people from talking about it. And while it's becoming more and more obvious that 2016 is going to be the release year, it's still not official. Uh, but we've we've covered that before. But it's interesting what the other rumors popping up are. For example, a site called Nintengen which is run by a guy that Go Nintendo claims is pretty reliable, um, is saying that dev kits are already in the hands of key developers to have games out, presumably in time for a launch at the end of 2016. Like, they have the enough momentum to actually get it out this year, and, or enough time. And it's uh, that's not even the fun part of the rumor, though. The actual fun part of the rumor is what those kits can do. So if rumors are to be believed, uh, the system... The NX is going to support both Unity, like the Wii U does, which makes total sense, and have native Unreal Engine 4 support. That's significant because, the not the majority, but a large, large number of games for PS4 and Xbox One are built on Unreal Engine 4. So if the NX can do that on its own natively, that means it's a lot easier for developers to bring over their games to Mm -hmm. the NX and to broaden out the NX library. Because the Wii U's problem is that it did support Unreal Engine 3, I believe, and I think it supports Unreal Engine 4 in theory, but Nintendo never made it a native thing, never made the tools easily available, so what you had to do was kind of jerry-rig your own Unreal Engine 3 or 4 game onto the Wii U, and then basically adapt the code and do all the testing and do all the whatever yourself, because there's no real support for it, because it wasn't an officially supported engine from Unreal or Nintendo. So if these rumors are true to Unreal 4 engines there, that means right off the bat, there's going to be a lot more games. It's going to be a lot easier to get systems, or get games over to the system in front. Would you rebuy Ocarina of Time for, like, when uh, they do those, game. yeah, like, they do those fancy-fancy videos? I have fancy four different videos. versions of the game currently, but what's one more at this point? Yeah, <laughs> I probably would. If they did Unreal Engine Might as well get them all. And those God, videos yeah, look nice. Yeah. So hopefully the Unreal thing comes true, because, um... Not just not just to get more mm-hmm. games, but did they just literally have to make up like a tune, a little link, they young link Mario, scratch. yeah, a young link model, not mm-hmm. Mario. 
They did make a Young Link Mario. It's, they also it's, made a Mario one. Yeah, they made a yeah. Mario one. And a Donkey Kong one. Yeah, it's it, like, I don't know if Nintendo would use it themselves, but the fact that it's there bodes well. And the, the other thing about the, the Wii U that kind of hurt with Unreal Engine 3 and 4 and its half support is the Wii U came out in the last year of PS3 and Xbox 360. So it was, compar- it was compatible with those. Like, the graphics are on the same plane, like, the same level as that. So developers are like, sure, we'll port games over from the 360 and the PS3. That's fine. We'll bring over Batman. We'll bring over all that stuff. But then when PS4 came out and Xbox One came out, they're like, we're not going to waste our time downgrading them. But if this is true about NX, and if it is Unreal Engine 4, and that's more powerful, that means the NX is probably on par with the PS4 and Xbox One. And unlike with the Wii U, those guys aren't, those two aren't going anywhere anytime mm-hmm. soon. There's no rumors, really, of, an, of a PS5 or Xbox 2. Negative one. I don't know which direction they're going with the numbers. But there's no rumor of that coming out in the next two, three years. So Nintendo could actually not only just catch up to them, but stay at the same level and continue to have easy ports and multi-platform games come to the mm-hmm. system for longer than a year, which is crucial if you want to actually keep up third-party support without making the third parties really work for it. So, What about all those uh, Unreal, Nintendo, Unreal Engine um, Nintendo games we're made actually, by people. Yeah, we're actually Nintendo. We're actually Nintendo all along. Like just to see feedback. We're never getting into crazy conspiracy theories. <laughs> but I wish that was true because that'd be uh, one. That'd be an amazing way to reveal. Like you watch these on YouTube. Well, guess what? They're playable right now at each music. <laughs> what? But uh, oh my god, that would be crazy if they did. That'd be really clever. Maybe it's all one of those on the um, what's it called? Remember when Halo had those game? Those like before the game came out, you had to do those like alternate reality games or whatever, ARGs or whatever. It's like, I love bees and all that from back in the day. You had to like no. go do treasure hunts. and No, basically they made these huge marketing campaigns. So, where it's like you had to go complete like tasks. Kissing? No, it's a Halo thing. Oh. But you had to go complete tasks and do stuff. And nope. No, well, I, how do you all bet Nintendo's secretly hidden Unreal Engine 4 versions of other games around the web and you have to go find the videos and mm. only when they're found do they get announced. That'd be a horrible way to release games. <laughs> <laughs> But that got, that's what I was thinking when you said it. But yeah, so NX looks like it could potentially have some better third-party support, which is cool. But um, yeah, to switch gears a bit, unless there's anything you guys had any thoughts of, about on that. Uh, no, at this point, I'm just ready to hear some official Yeah, some official wording. Hopefully E3 at the latest, I would imagine. It could be as soon as March, but who knows. But we, we've talked about a lot of system stuff and broader stuff and apps, but we haven't talked about any actual games this episode. Yeah, so apparently there's uh, new details on the Pokemon tournament. There are. It's yeah. as if you're looking at at the <laughs> at the outline almost. Yeah. There are, in fact, some new details on this game known as Pokemon Tournament. Yes. You can read. <laughs> no, yeah. there. just um, know these things. Yeah, okay. You memorize the outline and cast it aside. Sure. <laughs> or you weren't just looking at my computer. But, uh, yeah, so the game's out in, like, a, what, a month now, so it's, it's only natural that Bandai Namco's actually sharing real info about what we can expect in the Wii U version. So, they did. Um, oh, they also revealed, before we get to the details, I thought this was kind of funny. The reason this game exists is because Bandai Namco went to the Pokemon company and said, hey, you know our Keiko oh, yeah, Drum that. Master game? We want to make a Pokemon one. And then the Pokemon company's head said, I like Tekken, can you just do that instead? And they're like, what? Okay. So this was supposed to be a uh, Pokemon drumming game, and then the Pokemon company's like, nah, just go crazy. Do your biggest franchise. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay. So they did. (laughs) So that's how this game exists, was what seems to be some sort of weird, not miscommunication, but like weird, like misaligned goals. Your idea is stupid. Make a fighting game. Yeah, basically. (laughs) But uh, so yeah, so now we know, for example, how single players go work for Pokemon Tournament. And it's, uh, it's called the Forum, the Forum Ferrum, there we go. The Ferrum League. F-E-R-U-M? 
FP. No, yes, the harem. Like, yes, it's, <laughs> you Pokemon have a whole bunch of prostitutes, and it's just yeah, use gamepad in ways you never previously thought possible. I'd buy it, but I'm sure you would. Uh, it's like it's like furries except digital. Oh. But um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, the biggest the biggest thing is this new Ferrum League mode, which um, mm. it's actually not that exciting when you hear the name, but it's a good way to like prep you for multiplayer, I guess. In that you go through and you fight these different trainers in the game as whatever you choose to be, and they each have a Pokemon that and apparently sometimes looks like them. Sometimes looks like yeah. There's some sort of weird mind meld thing going on where like the trainer controls the Pokemon with a special stone in this region of Ferrum, which is where Poking Tournament takes place. It's a whole new region. And they control their Pokemon using the stone so that they can, like, not have to be in the battle, but still, like, be in control. So that's how you're able to fight as a Pokemon, is you're literally like turning it into your puppet. normal battling. You're turning it's, it's it like, into your slave. It's like Pokemon were already, like, first just following your orders. They're like, all right, I have to build the trust with you, so you have to do mm-hmm. what I say. But now it's like, you know what, let's just skip that step. I'm just going to control your I'm body. I'm going to, literally take <laughs> you over, yeah. But, uh, so, the, so the game's premise is literally you go fight trainer. Kill me. You go fight trainer to trainer, brainwashing your Pokemon into becoming you and completely turning into your puppet. And then you fight through. And then at the end uh, is Shadow Mewtwo, who's like the master hand or final boss equivalent in this game. That's basically the single-player uh, Ferrum League mode. It doesn't... I, there might be more to it. Like, for example... I, there Probably is not. More to it. No, there is. Because, <laughs> for example, as you battle, you get what's called Poke Gold, which you can use to buy new accessories for your trainer because trainers are fully customizable. Poke accessories? Not Poke accessories. Poke accessories. And not just... They're not just customizable in the clothing, accessories, and gear they can have, which they're is Poke-mizable. what you pay for. You can also customize their hair and, in a rarity... Full custom controls of their skin tone. Whoa. Poke tones. Poke tones. Yeah. Fallout 4. The the trainer, not the... the You should just make it Fallout 4, like, um, character design. I don't think it's that indie. They're that that in-depth. But, but yeah, so You can play with the Pikachu wearing pants. The Luchador Pikachu, yeah. No, like, oh. it is very Pikachu wearing pants. Is it like Worker Pikachu? What's, why I, is it, it wearing pants? I think it's just so they're... <laughs> Worker Pikachu. Pikachu? It's so there's, so there's two people playing as Pikachu. Oh, one just puts on pants? Yeah, one with... Blue and they're like jeans? Or what are they? They look like blue... But that acknowledges, like that, Pika- but then that, might, acknowledges it, that Pikachu's naked otherwise, which goes back to your furry I thing mean, that you were talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, I couldn't tell which Pikachu it was because like, the top half was perfectly normal Pikachu, but the bottom half, he had blue pants. Huh. So it could be Pikachu Libre... But that sure. just, it's yeah. just so like they have two alternates. I guess they don't. Yeah. They, they don't. Wait, there's also a great Charizard. So I don't know why they. Yeah, you're right. your guess is good, man. Uh, but the one, the one thing I'm actually kind of bummed about um, is ooh. where you do. Yeah, is where you do the customizations. So you can make you get your new gear, accessories, skin tone, whatever, in the My Town mode. And my theory, when we first saw the name My Town, is what if it was like a secret base in Pokemon, like the mainline Pokemon uh, games, or. Or something like the home you can customize in Animal Crossing and show the Happy Home Showcase and people can browse online. And what if, when you battle someone, it's like going to the Splatoon plaza where you can go visit this plaza of everyone's town. And you go visit their town and you get like a little town square and you can like talk to them and they can have a status. You can see their stats. It's kind of cool. to say, but they're the Pikachu cool. pants. Oh yeah, those are definitely pants on a Pikachu. But yeah, It's so weird my... that there's no hole for the tail rather than the, the pants extend for the tail. Wait, no they don't. What? I think that's just the brown part of his tail. That's just the brown part of his tail. Oh. Yeah, there's a hole for the tail. It looks blue. No, nah, it's brown. You get, you well, they're underwater. It has, it has the tip. Of, no, look. It's definitely a different shade. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It looks pretty blue. Yeah, no, it does look blue, but it's a darker blue than the pants. And also, it follows it the exact same like... pattern as his normal tail. Well, it ends in the same well, spot. Well, but anyway. Either way, what I was saying is, so my town, that was my crazy pipe dream, is like you go visit their town, and it's like 
you can actually learn about the person you're fighting. And in reality, it's just a place to customize your character and scan Amiibo because every single Amiibo known to man, every single Amiibo made by Nintendo will unlock some sort of item in the game. Randomized. Or unlock Pokemon. So it doesn't matter who. Nope. But every single Amiibo is compatible. I guess that's one way to make them compatible. That's one way to make it have Amiibo (laughs) support. Now, the real reason Amiibo are in there is because the first run games get that Shadow Mewtwo card where you can unlock Shadow Mewtwo instantly opposed to go through. What about the actual Pokemon Amiibo? What? The actual Pokemon nope. Amiibo? They, not that not, they, they haven't announced nothing it special, they haven't announced at least for it them. I'll put it that way. They have not at all announced it. But Shadow Mewtwo seems to be like the big thing. He has his card, he's in the game. And what's funny is, like, he's the mainstay of the of this game, but the developers refuse to acknowledge if he'll ever have any role in any other Pokemon game. They're like, well, in our world, a Pokemon tournament, which mm-hmm. is a spinoff, he's very important. But in terms of the mainline Pokemon games, well, this is a separate one, so we don't know. And then the Pokemon company, <laughs> so uh, we don't Poly- care. <laughs> Polygon was like, they asked the Pokemon company, like, so is Shadow Mewtwo a thing now? Like, should we expect him in other things? And Child like, Mewtwo? Shadow. Oh, okay. And the um, and the Pokemon company's just like, nah, no comment. <laughs> so, like, no one, they're <laughs> it's making a game. such a big deal out of <laughs> Take him. it as it is. Yeah. They're making such a big deal out of him, and yet no one seems to want to discuss is... Is he really that relevant to anyone except Pokemon fans? You just really want to include him in the lore. Yeah, that's... I mean, it feels like with this much attention given to him, they might as well, but who knows. But also available single players, uh, besides the Ferrum, Ferrum League and uh, My Town, is a training mode and a course dojo... Or, uh, sorry, a combo dojo where you can match up your uh, supporting Pokemon with your fires and figure out good combos. Actually, supporting Pokemon or something else you unlock in single player, so that's something to get aware of. But, um... I imagine, I imagine the combo dojo is specifically going to be useful for people who play competitively. And I don't just mean, like, online. Because you can play both ranked battles and friend battles online. Ranked battles obviously make a difference to your ranking. Friend battles are how Nintendo always does it, where it's just for fun, but you can play with anyone you know. But where it actually matters is Nintendo is officially making Pokemon Tournament a competitive game in the sense of it's going to be part of the Pokemon World Championships every year. It's an Evo. It's a thing. And to kick off all of this, they announced that this coming weekend on February 27th, Pokemon Day, if you're in one of six major cities, you will have the chance to go compete in an early access Pokemon tournament where you can actually... Mm. Did you just find a Pikachu with pants? Uh, Just another one. Yeah, there's a hole for it. But, um... Yeah, so if you if you are in L.A., Chicago, San they? Francisco, Boston, New York, I think those are the cities. Philly, maybe? Yeah, but it's There's a list behind. online, but yeah, it's it's the general area. Oh, uh, so the tournament thing? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Uh, that's the one that's... got to pay more attention. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this early access tournament, for those who are out interested, you can about. play Pokemon Tournament this coming Saturday, the 27th, um, if you're lucky enough to get into a tournament. And then whoever wins that goes you to this... to New York. Yes, goes to New York to play in the semi finals i believe uh, a week after the game is out right yeah, oh no something you, like that two it's, weeks it's like march, had, or no one week he actually April has 2nd. the game to practice or no it's march 17th right? They, they, it's right before the game comes out oh really oh wow yeah, it's they, march 17th the game comes out 6 6 the 18th oh of march oh so you still don't get to practice that's why it's an early access tournament yes because whoever wins in new york at the at the early access tournament then goes to the national championship in columbus ohio and plays against people who have the game down the road, they'll have time to train. It's later in the year, and then oh. that though, that winner goes to the international Pokemon Championships, the World Championships, which are in San Francisco. So mm. you're really like you're. It's almost like when Nintendo did the World Championships, and half the people they brought in, you know, back at E3, and half the people they brought in were like pros, and the other half were like random Best Buy winners. Mm-hmm. They're doing kind of that, but just one person in the end that like inserts into the Pokemon tournament tournament. 
It could be you. It could be you. So yeah, that that's kind of cool though that they're actually treating it this seriously. Like, oh, it's a real. It has a, it's a fine game with some depth, and you can actually find good combos and make yourself a good fighter. Because one of the concerns when this first came out was they kept saying it's for people that don't understand fighting games. So I was like, well, does that mean there's not much to it? <laughs> it sounds like at least in terms of the gameplay uh, setup or the system of fighting, there's some depth in there. Which yeah, is I'm good. not gonna lie. Like as the days. As the, as the game's release approaches, like, I'm definitely getting more and more excited for it. Mainly just because I really want to play as Weeball, because Weeball is one of my all-time favorite Pokemon. Right, so right. for him to make it in the game is, like, really cool. And then also Rotom, one of my other, like, top, like, five Pokemon is also an assist trophy. Or an assist Pokemon. Right. They're into but like, to like that one. Yeah. They're not all there. Right the only away. real bummer is that, like, just, like, out of pure unluckiness, um, I guess, like, I guess for balance reasons, you can't mix and match your support Pokemon. And right. the one he got paired they up with... They come in sets, right? Yeah, they come in pairs of two. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and the one he got paired... Ooh. And the one he got paired up with was Togekiss, which I'm not too really fond of that Pokemon, so it's like, oh. You don't like a weird, sort of fat Togepi? Yeah, it's, it's like a Togepi. Com- in our competitive days, we encountered it all. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not its design. It's just a Pokemon that was uh, just annoying to fight against. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Going back to the... It was like, it's comic. literally just a uh, relies on luck Pokemon. Right. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I just have to only use Rotom then. Right, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to... I mean, I don't have a Pokemon I care play about playing as. twice? I'm, I'm counting down four <laughs> times, personally. But, no, I, I, I am looking forward to it. It does look great. But I can see us playing it here, actually. That's true. Yeah. But the, the one concern, though, is... If... You could see us? You could see what? the future... I said, what I said. You can see us playing it? Yeah, I, I, I can Whoa. envision it happening. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. okay. Ah, you yeah. tried to ask Martin. I'm like, no. Um, but no, what I was going to say is... Um, like, how do I look? What? <laughs> the same. It's in a month. It's really not that far from now. Uh, but what I was going to say is, it's the, the one cause of concern I have is there doesn't seem to be much here. So you have the single player mode, where you kind of just go through some fights. You have online... And you have a battle practice. How mode. many characters? Eighteen. There's eighteen fighters. There's an unspecified number of support Pokemon. I don't think they've revealed them all yet. They just revealed like yeah, two more. another pair, uh, two more pairs of like pure legendary. So it's like as much as I want to use Rotom too. Like if I actually like want to compete, I might yeah. have to obviously pick some other ones. But like who doesn't want to just use pure legendaries? Yeah, yeah. But, but are my, they not better? But I don't know. They somehow go make them underpowered. I, I don't. They're know gonna how. have to. They're gonna have but... to. But yeah, it's um, if that's really it, if that's the three modes, I, they're saying there's not going to be DLC. At least they have no plans as of now. I mean, so it's kind of like one. It's kind of. I mean, how's that compared to other? I mean, we. I mean, at least Street Fighter has sixteen characters. It's gonna get more characters right. down the line. But this, if it's not gonna get any more, that's kind of worrying because it's gonna get stale. It's a little bit of point. characters already. It's it's weird because like as a Nintendo fan, I'm used to Smash Bros. spoiling me like, oh look at this fine game with a bajillion characters and they kept coming for a year and they have so many stages and this and the next thing. But, like, is that somewhat... I mean, you said Street Fighter has 16, so is it somewhat normal to have 18? Like, is that... I mean, to start with, maybe. But... Like, they're saying no DLC for now. That doesn't... Like, they have no plans. doesn't mean they won't make plans. But it's just... I mean, it's you, gonna... you Elvis, have Street Fighter Five, right? Yeah. Like, how's... Because that, I've heard, be, has been knocked a bit for being light on content. Like, there's really only multiplayer and training, and I guess... This is multiplayer training. Uh, there's a little cool tidbit for rankings. You could right. look at the rankings... And, uh, but I guess to play, playing-wise, it's only story mode for, I guess it's like, uh, each character, yeah. all 16 characters has their own little tiny story, but even then, it's like, you get a cutscene in the, you get a cutscene between each fight, but they're just, like, stills, 
Uh, it sounds like it's almost kind of like the Ferrum, but um, cooking tray in terms of bare bones. And the and the and the computers just to get through the story are really 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 simple. Right. But uh, at least in July they're actually getting a like a cinematic story mode, kind of like how so basically they got the game out before it was really ready. Just pretty much. Because like in March there's a free update that's right. going to include. It's in the menu too, the challenge mode, where mm-hmm. if it's anything, if, if I assume it's like Street Fighter Four, where uh, you pick a your character and then there's like 20 challenges of combos and if you complete them all then you get a medal and you end up learning a bunch of combos too that and is you know that comment about how they're like rolling stuff out for Street Fighter is kind of the glimmer of hope with Pokin is they said there's no DLC but someone noticed if you look at the the menu screen mm-hmm. how it works is it looks like a Pokemon world map and it has like cities which are different options with lines connecting them like white lines there are two white lines that shoot off the screen they're the only two all the others interconnect between the menu options so maybe they're going to do something like the challenge mode where it's like you scroll up and it's like, oh, here's another mode. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. It's Not only that, but like there's, there's no way they couldn't think of like more Pokemon. Like I remember yeah. I, it was also kind of in that interview or an interview that I that I saw where they were asking them like, oh, when Nintendo suggested it to them, like they, um, Bandai Namco had already thought of like a bunch of fighting types because they thought they were just going to be limited to that. So they already thought of the Pokemon. Yeah. But then Nintendo, but then, Pokemon, Pokemon yeah, but then Pokemon, they're like, oh no, you all like anyone. Which is how Chantelure ended up in there, yeah. which I still think is apparently awesome. they already had the name Pokemon already thought out too. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clever. It can't be pretty, that hard. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty like it's not pretty clever. No, yeah, but I mean, it's like they had their hearts in like making a Pokemon Tekken game, right? But, yeah. That's so funny that Namco then approached them yeah. out of the blue and it just sort of happened. But a so po- I guess I guess like, are you happy with the amount of content for Street Fighter? Like just online I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I mean, okay. that's all you need online and training. Right. Yeah. I guess what else would you do for a Pokemon? I mean, like for competitive strike, like Street Fighters, that's really all you need, just fighting online right. and training. And I guess if they're trying to make Pokemon into a competitive game, and then, game, then also then plus for Street Fighters, uh, I mean, everything's literally free. What? Um. Well, you don't. Uh. Well, the update in March that is including more modes. That's oh. free. Oh, they're splatooning it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then only other thing like the with the character the, the DLC characters uh you could buy them with in-game currency that you could make just by playing oh, online or you could just buy a season pass and buy them all. Interesting. So you could essentially get all the DLC characters for free. That's actually really cool. Mhm. That's very un-Capcom of Capcom because they're ones that used to put the DLC on the disc day one and you just had to pay to unlock it. Mhm. But, I mean, That's they're nice not out till I don't know when. But. Right, right. Yeah, that is the thing. Well, I mean, you need more characters, just, otherwise... Just the free options, mm. cool. Well, maybe they'll change their mind about the DLC, but it sounds like, at least in terms of mode selection, if Pokemon just has the free it has, that's what Street Fighter fans are clearly okay with. So, a fighter's a fighter's yeah, a fighter. Yeah, competitive play will be happy. Everyone else that's expecting, like, a, story uh, a regular game. Yeah, yeah it was Pokemon like, that, like, I would only need just training and online. Which you have. Yeah, and so, then the single player, if, if online doesn't work one day or something, yeah. Single player looks like, ugh. Whatever. Well, it's like, you know, if your online's down or something, yeah. you still want to get your... Is it, just, is it really just a means to, to unlock things if you have to unlock things? Which is what... That's my training mode there. That's how you get all the supporting Pokemon. You unlock them informally. Probably. Yeah, more so this game. Like, like the yeah. only story mode I would accept in a fighting game are, like, Mortal Kombat-style story modes, where it's, like, very cinematic. Uh-huh. There's a story to like, it. They really, like, went all out. It's like it. watching a movie. I actually, I actually don't know how Pokemon's doing there. Story. I haven't seen any mm. footage of it. It seems like it seems like it might just be cut out. It seems like it might be like Fire Emblem, like an explanation cut just, out yeah. with boxes under it, mm-hmm. with occasional cutscenes. Yeah. yeah, I just really hope there's more characters down the road. Not even like so that because I'm I'm probably just gonna stick to Weavile the whole time, and that's yeah. like another one of my favorites. But just for a variety of who you fight against. Yeah, because like with only eighteen, it's like 
I don't know. Obviously, some of them are going to be better than others. You're just going to fight, like, let's just say, like, everyone uses Charizard. Like, oh, okay, another Charizard, another Charizard. There's, yeah. There's only so many. I don't know. So many it's what? an odd point. Oh, there's only so many characters that you can oh. go between between 18. Yeah. It's the the combination. <laughs> Even kind of like, yeah, like. But that's where the support Pokemon come in, because there are tons of those. And in theory, even if you fight Charizard, the likelihood you're going to. Oh, but even then, the supports are paired together. Mm-hmm. So there's only so many pairs that you'll yeah, I mean, mix and match. Yeah. The supports, I feel like that that's fine, just because you kind of you can't have too much of a random factor, I guess. It's just, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know how this game will do. It's. I mean, if if Nintendo's starting to and Pokemon Company are starting to do tournaments for it, or even doing early access tournaments, they have that's a pretty strong vote of confidence from them because they could just if they're hesitant. Like, there are rumors, for example, that Star Fox Zero's motion controls have gotten somehow worse. Like, there are rumors that's barely passing the lock check at Nintendo Europe, which is basically the, like, beta test to make sure it actually could play before they ship it. Um, so there are rumors that, like, there are rumors that's not doing well. And we haven't heard a peep about Star Fox. That comes out in April. Meanwhile, Pokken, we started hearing really heavily in January for a March release. So February, April is that same gap. We haven't heard anything. So that should give you confidence in Pokken, at least. Star Fox doesn't give any confidence. But in Pokken, I feel like for Pokken, at least, like will start off strong, but then I like, go die over. Oh yeah, it, it, if they don't support the community, a game like this, I mean, this is something we talked about. Splatoon I could just see it dying out. Is how would they keep the momentum? Yeah. I thought Splatoon was going to die out, but they, but then they, they did smartly, really well. Yeah. Yeah. At, at least Nintendo, or at least Pokken, like has the advantage of like I guess being like part of the. They're making it part of their little rotational thing every single year, so like Pokken is always going to have like big exposure, yeah. like no matter what. Yeah. Like those Pokemon tournaments are huge, like for the card game, for the 3DS mm-hmm. game, like they'll definitely. At least give it the fan for needs for those tournaments, but whether it's they just need to do DLC for the more casual. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they need to keep the game updated. I mean, and they didn't rule it out. They just said it's not currently. Oh, yeah. Just to be clear, but yeah. I mean, kind of need it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Evo, for the game, Evo will definitely be like a factor in it too, like how it performs, like whether it even has like like oh we only got like 200 entries, but like Smash Four gets like a couple thousand. Well, Smash Four is like no, a yeah, crazy number of entries. No, no, yeah, yeah. but I mean. Yeah, I know yeah. you mean. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but I'm I'm excited to at least try it, finally. Yeah, because it's been they it you know it's an arcade game for a year and only now is mm. it coming, so it's about time. Maybe you'll discover your prodigy unit somehow, and then, <laughs> yeah, right. Then you enter evil. The one game you get. <laughs> hey, you know what game I beat <laughs> and I did well at Mario Galaxy Two, but it's not multiplayer. So I thought you were gonna say Super Monkey Ball. But... Oh yeah, Monkey Target and Super Monkey Ball, but then I got oh, yeah. showed up by everyone. But I was really good at it for a while. <laughs> Uh, also, I'm pretty half-decent at Mario Kart, half-decent being the keyword. Let's change topics, shall we, before I, I dig myself deeper? Um, the last bit of news we have this episode is Jason Sales Corner stuff. Damn it. Now, it's somewhat... Did you really just <laughs> lean into my head, damn it, when I said Jason Sales Corner? <laughs> no, I tried to beat you to the punch of oh, the transition. No, you, you did not succeed. Don't, hey, I've been doing this for, like almost, for three and a half, going on four years, I think. Yeah, so... I've been aware of it for four years. Do what? Been aware of it. Aware of it. Yeah, but you haven't had to do it. I've mastered it somewhat. <laughs> Next year, it'll be ten years since we graduated from high school. That's great. great. Okay. You gonna go to a reunion? I went to one this past summer. Oh. Anyway, like Jason Sales. Oh, that's right. Fifty Sales kids corner. reunion. How's that? Jason Sa- what? <laughs> Are you reunion? My class had thirty, not fifty. Anyway, 30? Jason Sales. <laughs> what? Yeah. I thought it was fifty. So is it even less? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's a private school. Okay. Anyway. Jason says, let's get this on track. Wait, I have one more question. So, how many, <laughs> how, many, how many actually went back to the reunion? So, like, From 30, my exact yeah. class, there were a total of four of us. Damn. Yep. For <clears throat> the other classes, there were a total of 12. <laughs> no, there's more than that. But 
Um, uh-huh. Jason South Corner. I mean, we're talking numbers, so we can <laughs> transition smoothly into this. Uh, see, see how good I am at these now. Um, but yeah, so MPD uh, put out numbers for January sales um, here in North America. These are physical sales, and why? Why it's worth mentioning? Well, we do it every time, but why this month's worth mentioning is, man, did the industry just kind of flounder this month? Like, it was down four percent overall year over year, which isn't horrible, but last. I feel like these last couple of years, correct me if I'm wrong, but January used to kind of be a big release month in the last few years. Like, all the games that missed the holidays would be out in January or March. And both of those kind of... What? You see Flounder? Yeah, that means kind of flip-flop. Like, kind of just... Yeah. I was waiting for one that I haven't heard today. And and you got it. I I delivered. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's down 4%. Um, Even PS4 and Xbox One sales were down year over year. Uh, To give you an idea of how bland this January was, the top five games of the month were in this order... Call of Duty Black Ops 3, the flavor. Grand Theft Auto 5, which came out a long time ago, so that's weird that was number 2, uh, NBA 2K16, which is at least 5 months old, uh, Star Wars Battlefront, and Fallout 4. So nothing from the past, no new releases from any time after mid-November, even, no one cared in January. Um, the, oh, I take that back, actually. The one, now that I think about it, the one newcomer that was on the list is Lego Marvel <laughs> Avengers, which came in ninth place. But everything before that, it's old. So for Nintendo, the month was pretty ho-hum as well. Um, yeah, now I said ho-hum. <laughs> you know? it, uh, none of their games made the top ten, although Mario & Luigi Paper Jam, which you, you gave impressions yeah. of last episode, would have charted at the number ten spot if the chart was based on individual platform sales, not combined sales. So if it was not multiple, what they call SKUs, but individual, like here's the Xbox version of Grand Theft Auto versus the PlayStation version versus... The 3DS is Mario and Luigi, you know, to get the idea. What were Nintendo's expectations for the game? I don't know, but it sold 71,000 copies according to leaked numbers. Nintendo did not put out numbers, but leaks say in 10 days it did 71,000. Is that good? Which is not, for a slow month like January where nothing happened and the industry was down 4%, I wouldn't say it was bad. I think it, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how, I, usually you want it at least at 100,000, I would think. But, like, Chibi Robo when it launched sold like 50. So, mm. and as over a month, and it's still 71 in 10 days. So it's but not great, from a Chibi's perspective, that like it exceeded Nintendo's no, 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 I think it bombed, um, honestly. Um, they were, okay. I, I don't know, full on bomb, it disappointed. Because I would assume they would have those expectations. Well, I mean, because if they had all those, so does that mean that's the last game? Because they were, they were putting all their, I know, I know. Uh, well, their, I don't know, it's well, hard to say because Chibi Robo, here. uh, all their eggs in one basket. There, that's the one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chibi Robo is a hard one because like they put the amiibo out, which they thought would boost sales, and now the amiibo you can buy the standalone amiibo mm-hmm. for like six bucks on Amazon. So if the amiibo sold really well, but it doesn't, it's oh. only six bucks now. Like, it's oh. the game and the amiibo did not do too well, so but then again, you got like to give you perspective, like I think um, Triforce Heroes for Zelda sold, like the Zelda Triforce Heroes sold, um, almost like 120, 130,000 in the five or six days it was out. So, but that was going into the holidays. So, Paper Jam coming out of the holidays is the first time it hasn't released leading into a holiday. It's always been September or November or December. Um, I don't think 71's that bad. It'll be, it might be a, we might have to wait it out and see if it picks up speed in February, but I don't know if it's that horrible. There goes Chibi's Robo Live. Possibly. I, I think they're going to give it another shot. They never give up on Chibi, but... Didn't, they said they were like, is this game... I know, they say a lot of things, but then they true. always make another Chibi somehow. So it might be another eShop game, but... There might be a, a new rendition two. of, like... Let's try to they just need to go back out. to the original. Yeah. But, but that, that's neither here nor there, um, for now. We'll have to wait and see. And um, the X-Graphics Unity. What? 
the... Oh, use it using the yeah. Gen Edit. Well, that'd be a cheap way to make it, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. That would be. I'd be okay with that. Uh, the only other sales number of software worth mentioning for January, though, is, um, surprisingly, Fi uh, Final Fantasy Explorers, which, as you may recall, is the basically one? Is the Monster Hunter Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. the chibi one that's kind of plays like Monster Hunter. It, in only um, six days, sold 53,000. So it's actually selling at a faster <laughs> clip. Well, no, 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 but that's selling uh, at a faster clip than Paper Jam. Never mind. So it may taper off faster. Better. Because, like, Mario Luigi, for example, Bowser's Inside Story, that got a whole second win because they uh, lowered the price and reprinted it with a red mm. case and stuff. So if they do that with Paper Jam, I don't think so. Shouldn't there have been anything. a red case? Isn't it a red case already? It is a red case. Uh, yeah, but it originally wasn't. I have a white case, I think. No, no, I was saying for Paper Jam. Oh, oh, like Paper it, Jam? It started yeah, off Paper as a red case. But my point is they can re-push it down the road. So even if it doesn't do well in January, it might do well down, down the line. Um, Hardware-wise, so that's software. Hardware, we don't have solid numbers because Nintendo didn't put out anything. But the NPD uh, did note that handheld sell sales, which include technically the Vita and the 3DS, but let's be real, it's only the 3DS, um, were down 21% year over year. So that's not good. And uh, and Wii U sales, uh, last year they were leaked for January being about 64, sorry, 63,000. This year they're at approximately 40,000, so that's down as well. All of this essentially confirms what Nintendo said in their financials that we talked about last episode, where like, 3DS, they got turned around with Evergreens and new games, major tiles like Pokemon's Vita, as we were saying, what, 45 minutes ago in this episode. Uh, Wii U, they just got to keep coasting with what works because at this point, they're just taking what they can get and playing out games that they think can maybe boost it. Nothing really new here. Um, the only thing that was good news for Nintendo in January was that accessory sales, which include toy-like products like Amiibo and Skylanders and Disney Infinity, went up 15% year-over-year over January of 2015. Presumably, Lucas, the Animal Crossing Amiibo, and Animal Crossing Amiibo cards had something to do with that because a bunch of those all launched in January. Given how many Animal Crossing Amiibo I saw at Best Buy when I was there yesterday getting Fire Emblem, or, well, two days ago when this goes live, um, yeah, I don't know how much Animal Crossing contributed, but those did boost it a little because there were a ton. of They had a whole back shelf. just They are probably like 30 or 40 Animal Crossing Amiibo just sitting on this top back shelf. It was kind of kind of sad. But um, even with... What? No, I just said all. Oh, yeah. But even with uh, Amiibo doing well, there is one word of caution for Nintendo. Activision announced their financials, and they said that during the holidays, their plastic-based stuff underperformed. Guitar Hero Live underperformed. Skylanders Supercharge underperformed. Well, the Unstoppable Skylanders was stopped. I mean, I... I felt like a few. Well, they had a very good run. I, I felt yeah. like I it's had. Not done. <laughs> I was curious about um like Superchargers obviously since Bowser was in it, so I was thinking like oh maybe I should get the game. So I checked out like a few reviews, and overall it seems like the consensus is that it's like not as good as the other ones. That, well, like, not even the game. Like a lot of people were like that's right, but yeah. many of the game that people were like, kind of disappointed with this game. But like the figures also went down because a lot of kids would. Oh right, you'd have to buy the new game. For well, the yeah, you get the yeah, yeah like yeah. it's. But yeah, so that that could be their quality control, but the. It shows to me that the Toy Life bubble can, if not pop, at least deflate. So, Nintendo, I hope you figure out your Amiibo thing and be careful because one wrong move and you could have to lay off 7,000 people like Activision just did. <laughs> so, I don't know if laughing at their misfortune is a good idea. <laughs> 7,000 people now can't feed their families. But, <laughs> you're like, oh, no. They could. I mean, they could. Not through they'd Activision. Have to, they'd have to, like, steal things. Or, or get another job. job. But it takes a lot to get a job. 
But anyway, so that's, that's pretty much, honestly, that's pretty much it for the NPC Update numbers. their LinkedIn accounts. Get to it, 7,000 people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for the NPD. It was a clean 7,000 employees? Well, that's what they announced. <laughs> Usually it's pretty clean. Um, oh my God, so it's or they number. round, or they round. But um, yeah, that's that's basically it for NPD. So the moral of the story is Nintendo, you told us what you're going to do, now you got to act on it because January showed that the trends from the holidays are just continuing. So if you don't... Well, yeah. I mean, they are sort of acting on it. Three just getting a bunch of big games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would, it would, they kind of have to. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, opposed to just let it fizzle out while they finish up the NX. I mean, I don't know what it says about um, Nintendo's, I guess, any more hope on their yokai stuff, but I guess on the. I was just like looking at the Toy Fair stuff and what was announced, they're getting a ton of toys. Yeah. I, like, I, think, I think we're going to see an upswing of like, sales. Season 2 of toys or whatever. Yeah, there was just like a ton of like little washed up little figures. I was like surprised with just like how much there was. Yeah, I, I definitely think we're gonna see an upswing with Yokai Watch, everything like game sales. So is that them producing a mass producing a bunch of toys, saying like it will be successful, or that's Hasbro saying we paid good money for this license and we were gonna launch a ton of toys at the start of the year and we're falling through on this because we sunk way too much money into not. <laughs> like it's nowhere, it is nowhere near the the phenomenon it is in Japan. It's not as instant as Pokemon yeah. was. But they can do already. What? I think they're in part three already. They're in part three. They had a movie that broke box office records. Over here, it's like (laughs) it's on Disney XD. It sold a a decent number of copies. The game, but not a lot. Do any kids know about it? I haven't seen anything Yokai Watch related. It's yeah, it's a slower burn for sure. I'll ask them though, just to see like if they even know. Yeah, do do some research. We'll talk about it on a future episode. (laughs) Do a poll. Do an informal survey. Do you know what this is? And they're like, no. <laughs> Pokemon? They're like, that looks like a Pokemon, but it's a cat that can talk. Is that Meowth? Is Meowth orange now? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that pretty much does it for news. Um, yeah. Oh, no. So all left is what we're playing. What have you been playing, Jason? I've been playing Final Fantasy... Wow, no. <laughs> Fire Emblem <laughs> Fates. Wow, that was weird. I've been playing Fire Emblem Fates. I've not played a Final Fantasy game in, like, half a decade. Um... Fire Emblem Fates, yes. So it's only been, it came out Friday. We're recording this Saturday night for posting on Sunday. So I'm gonna be honest; these are early impressions. It's just the first part of the game I've gotten through. Um, so with that in mind, I do have some <laughs> thoughts, but there's a whole part of the game I haven't played, and I won't play until probably I'm on airplane for many, many, many hours because that's gonna happen. And I'll have nothing to do. But uh, the one thing that I did notice from my limited playtime where I've had is this game more so than any other Fire Emblem is like super big into customization like Fire Emblem's thing has always been oh you customize the experience in some way everything you do is like your mm. choices you choose who lives and dies based on how you strategize your match no one ever chooses to you, let anyone die well it's true but, <laughs> but it's up, it falls back on you or like you choose yeah. if you're a guy or girl you choose which are little things but it's everything in the game is very like user choice driven nothing is just like A to B it's always like A to B or C but this one seems to somehow go even further with that because obviously D? Um, <laughs> yes yes not just d but everything that used to just be a to b is also now b or c as well so like obviously there's the story choice which um for those who aren't too familiar you can either fight as for the peaceful kingdom of hoshido or the more like vengeful we want to kill everyone kingdom of nor uh the game's story follows these two kingdoms that have been like intertwined in war forever and the character you play as corin who you you may know from such games as super smash brothers um he has his birth family is Hoshido, but he was raised by Nor because they essentially kidnapped him and raised him as their own. Yeah. So, uh, so the the decision in the story, which then changes everything, is 
at chapter six in the story, you pick: Do you fight for Hoshido, your birth your birthplace, hence the the birthright name of, of mm -hmm. Fire Emblem, or do you go for Nor, who dead set on just destroying Hoshido and conquering it, hence the conquest name? And that's kind of that's like the big new split because they've never done that before. The story's always been linear, but now it too is not linear. And once you get past chapter six. The games go in very different directions. Right off the bat, play and two playthroughs. Already. Exactly. Wait, what? Right off the bat, you're forced two playthroughs. Oh yeah, exactly. So, but well, not exactly because you buy the different versions and download and everything. Um, oh, how it works? How it works? Oh, that's so I bought, right. the, I bought the special edition. So I have both those. I have Conquest, Birthright, and is it called Birth Revelations? Yeah, Birthright? Revelations and Revelations, which is DLC that's not out till March twelfth. It's like a third story. I have all three of those on the same cartridge, ready to go. But if you buy either individual version. You get the version you bought, and then at chapter six, it lets you opt in or out as it does. But if you choose to go the other side, so if I have Birthright and I choose to go the Conquest route and go with Nor instead of uh, Hoshido, it will then take me to an e the eShop where I could download it for twenty bucks. Because <laughs> it's really it's really two separate games. Like it's there's intertwining, there's characters that jump back and forth, but you are doing different things. It's less Pokemon Red. It's less like Pokemon version and more like Oracle of Ages, Oracle <laughs> of Seasons, Zelda. Where they live independently, but they have mm. some connections, some yeah. friends. I can only picture someone that like buys one version, but then uh, halfway through they're like, you know what? I really want to go for the other one. So like they make the decision, and then they just have to wait a long time before they see the result of it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what a real issue that's happening is, is people are buying both physical versions, thinking they can somehow communicate. They cannot. If I buy Birthright and Conquest as individual cartridges, there's no way when I beat one to like transfer me over to the other, or like to skip the first six <laughs> chapters in one and the other because I already played them. So you shouldn't do it's, that. You're better off doing the crazy eShop scheme, mm. or get the special edition that has them all. But, but anyway, um, so the idea of choice. There's no like remove cartridge now. Insert <laughs> no, other no, no, cartridge. No. It's, not, it's not like it's not the like. Stop um, and swap. It's not like stop yeah. It's not like the stop and swap from Banjo Kazooie that never happened. Yeah, no. Uh, but anyway, the idea of choice is everywhere. It's kind of an idea. Like your character, for example, is fully customizable for the first time ever. You can choose hair. You can choose voice. You can choose personality. You can choose weird like face accessories like do you want a scar over here or a bandage over there or like a beauty mark down there it's Whoa. a little insane how down there on their chin not down there <laughs> i said their face at the start forgot. <laughs> but it's a little my point is it's a little like it's almost like i wouldn't say it's overwhelming but it's a lot of customization like everything is at your fingertips and um like and even like in battle like in awakening which was the last fire emblem you control you not just have a battle unfold but you can choose to fast forward you can choose to um pause it you can choose three different camera angles do you want first person view do you want like dynamic camera do you want behind one guy behind the other guy everything in this game is like what do you want you're the player you tell us and we'll make it happen mm -hmm. or we'll give you choices that affect the rest of the game so you can never get tired of it like it's very customization heavy which is really cool because it makes it really your own experience and not just like linear thing um oh and of course difficulty Difficulty is another big thing that's fleshed out more in Fates than in the other ones. Because, uh, you know, Awakening is all one story. You could go, okay, I want easy, medium, hard, whatever. But this one, depending on the version you pick, is the difficulty changes. So when you start out, you can do normal, hard, and intense. Or normal, intense, and ludicrous, or something like that. And normal, your units stay alive. The signature of Fire Emblem is the units die. Once they die, they are gone. You do not have that character anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it on normal because I just want to play through the story. I don't care if they <laughs> can come back to life through some magic power whatever let them come back but if so if you do birthright you get those three choices and then you go through slightly easier campaigns if you do conquest because you're out killing people i guess they figure well that's for the more hardcore fire emblem fan 
So that one, the scenarios are more difficult. The everything, the there's more enemies on the field in any given battle. Like it's just significantly more difficult. So again, another example of this whole choice thing going beyond where it's ever gone before is it's not just a difficulty mode. The version you pick will actually change how battles play out in the sense of like the number of enemies and everything. So it's it's kind of cool to see them go this far. Um, but yeah, so like uh, like I said, I am. I think I said I was doing. Did I say which side I picked? Yeah, you said birthright. Right. Yeah. So I am doing birthright. Um, I do have the special edition, so I have all three on one. And the special edition. I just stated yes. You what? Nothing yeah, no, yeah. But the what I was gonna get is the special edition is actually quite nice. Like just to segue for a sec from the game. Um, so if you get the special edition, which is having some weird shortage issues, so hopefully everyone that wants one can get one. But some have been delayed a month, and there's places issuing twenty dollars <clears throat> apology gift certificates. Like it's bad. You're gonna get a cool statue, like. That one chick leaning over on books or something? No, there's no statue. What you get is um, you get a really nice it. art book that's actually a hardcover, which I didn't expect, and like well-bound. So that was nice. And you get a little uh, travel pouch thing for your 3DS, like a carrying pouch. A little thinner than ideal, but it has artwork on both sides, and it's pretty nice. And then you get the game that, again, has all three on one cartridge, which is very convenient. Yeah. And and if you buy it within before March 12th, you have the DLC, which you can play right off the bat. It's its own independent story, Revelations. You have that accessible to you right now. So you get like a month exclusive on that, which is kind of... Resident Evil? But, Revelations? Um, no, Fire Emblem Revelations. <laughs> they didn't... <laughs> so I, Throw so in I a kept playing and it's like, oh, do you, did, you know, did you mean Resident Evil? And it just switches to like a shooter with zombies. No. But uh, but yeah, the production va- like values of everything in that special edition, like, it's actually really nice. And the production value in the game is really good too. Um like, Awakening had a fair, at least what I've experienced so far, Awakening had a fair number of, like, actual hand-drawn animation and cutscenes, but it feels like the frequency has increased with Fates. I assume that's because Awakening was, like, the, the do-or-die for Fire Emblem. Like, if it didn't do well, that was the final game. But this one, they know it did well, so they're able to pour mo- more money into the um, cutscenes and the animation and everything. So they look really good. The 3D effect is really nice. There's a lot of... Um, and actually, the whole game looks really good in 3D. Like, they do some, like, depth of field stuff and, like, fog, like, fog and stuff to, like, really bring out certain things. It, it looks really nice. And the characters have feet. They do not have feet in Awakening. They now have feet. That's what that extra budget what they have could do for you. What? Like pegs? They had pegs. Oh. They had legs that went to nothing. Mm. They just walked on. But only in the battle mode. Yeah. But now, they have feet everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what happens when Awakening pegs in the normal Well, I guess they have to have, like, oh, like, the Corinth, like, don't wear shoes. They have to, like, exemplify that the whole time, so. Yeah, yeah. And if, uh... Do they have pegs in the normal 3DS? No, they, they, they all have feet. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a design choice that they update, I guess, but... I wonder what, what the differences look like from the new 3DS and the 3DS. I don't think there are any for this one. Hmm. I feel like there have to be. No, there doesn't have just to be. Just visually, just... No, there doesn't have to be. It might run smoother, but there's, probably no, just loads there's faster. no enhancements. Everything it loads faster. Yeah, everything just sure. loads faster, I'm sure. But the, the one thing I haven't touched on that I do want to touch on from my, again, early impressions is, of course, the gameplay. Like, everything I've said is like, that's great, but how's the game actually fair? And if you've ever played Fire Emblem before, uh, you should pretty much know what to expect. It's a... Uh, like, you go chapter to chapter. Each chapter is its own battle. So every time you get a new chapter, you have a new battle. You're on the battlefield. It's turn-based. It's your job to defeat the enemies or to reach some sort of certain objective or collect something or defeat a boss or something like that. And it's pretty similar to any... Like, the battle system is pretty similar to what a lot of games do where it's like a glorified rock, paper, scissors. So certain items are red, certain items are blue, certain items are green, or certain classes or items or whatever. And, you know, one con- one beats the other, but it's weak against the third and that sort of thing. And you just have to use that kind of system to figure out your strategies. 
And uh, really, really, it's like any other strategy, turn-based strategy game out there. But of course, it has those Fire Emblem twists. Like, you can't have everyone die if you choose, uh, which is traditional Fire Emblems. Once they're gone, they're gone. Or um, there's a thing that they call, it's now called Pair Up. It used to be called, I think, Attack Stance in Awakening, where if you have a character... Um, oh, they did it in Project Crosstone already. No, I'm going to say? Yeah. If you sta- is more common. Go ahead. If you stand next to them, you could pair wisdom to do like the battle sort of yeah so it works so, like, on two levels it works on two levels yes as long as you're adjacent I, to them or yes that's how it is in, in Fire Emblem so if I'm adjacent to them or whatever I can have them boost my stats and depending on which classes or weapons you have, you and they have they could do extra boosts or lesser mm. boosts or whatever so it's kind of that mechanic but you, so you can either pair them together physically and they become one unit you move around or you can just have them stand next to each other and either way if um when you do that, it not only will make stronger attacks of different varying strengths depending on the combos, but it will also work defensively. So if an enemy comes and attacks one of you, the other one will essentially come in and block, and you won't take damage. <laughs> so you want to try and keep these pairs together for that purpose, because it lets you keep more people alive longer. And also because of the whole, like, I can't remember the word they used to describe, but basically the love interest situation, where if you pair yeah. people together regularly, they will strengthen their bond and with that bond ultimately they could potentially get married and then have a kid and then that kid insta grows up <laughs> and it magically becomes a full-fledged fighter for you to use and he's a new class and he has new weapons and he is it's basically a way to build out your army he's a new person mm, that's cool. beyond what the story offers that you can bring into battle and i i'm again i'm early so i'm not in the games so i'm not sure but i think you might be able to tweak what he becomes so you can be like oh i really like this class i want another character like this class if I get it's already a boy. Corwin and some other, or it could be a girl, if I get Corwin <laughs> or some other whoever like, character to become an item together, then I get this char- this new character. And so there's all that strategy as well. So now you're thinking short-term with the battle, but the choices of who you pair together, again, going back to the whole choice idea, affects way down the line. Make a woman polygamous? Can you what? Can you make a woman live a polygamous? There is marriage. Um, yeah, that's... So, I don't know yeah. what that's like. So, like... Well, you can have... Well, I think once they're married... It's all monogamous, married, basically. It's, I, I don't... I, again, I'm too early. I don't, I think oh. it's monogamous, but I don't, I don't know. I do know they have same-sex relationships in one of the versions. Because some of the characters that you compare together can be of the same... Like, some certain characters compare together and certain can't, I guess. Like, the ones that are there frequently in the story, I guess, can. What's the and benefit? it's possible to have um, nothing. It's just if you want to pair those two together because you like their weapon combo or whatever, you can. Oh. Basically, they didn't want to limit it. But isn't there, like, a little marriage, though? Or there is marriage. There's marriage. In between same sex? Yeah. But there's there a benefit for getting married. Oh, no, no, no. No kid you get the, I thought I meant the benefit of same sex versus not. Oh, you get the kid. Somehow you can sell the kid. What? <laughs> it's, uh, they have, like, genetic stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like it's like how you can... They adopt a kid from somewhere. I don't know. You but, adopt an adult? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> adopt a new fighter. I don't know, but they didn't want to rule that out to people that wide to ship a certain couple together, regardless of gender. I mean, you don't have nice. to rule it out for that. They can just rule it out for, like... Biology. <laughs> yeah, I again, I'm too early in the game though. Details. I just remember that being a sticking point when they were talking about the game. But, but yeah. Um. So for fate, so all that is pretty standard Fire Emblem. Everything I just said. If you played Awakening, that was like, yeah, I know. Tell me the new stuff. And the new thing I've discovered in Fate so far, for lack of a better term, is the dragon stuff. So in <laughs> Fates, 
dragons are a very big component. As spoiled by Smash Bros, Corwin can turn into a dragon. That's what his counter is in Smash Bros. Oh, what'd you call him? None of the text. Corwin. Right. What do you think I said? Oh, nothing. Corwin. Yeah, going. Corwin can turn into a dragon. So it's okay. Uh, so yeah, that um, that you learn really early in the game. So I'm not. I hope I'm not spoiling too much for anyone. But um, that dragon thing becomes a crucial. <laughs> I mean, they saw the, deal, I the I mean, Smash Brothers thing. They did a like media blackout of all that. But <laughs> so he can become a dragon, and the dragon thing not only changes how he acts in battle because so far he doesn't choose when to become a dragon but he, he does get a stone that lets him control it a little so i'm not sure what that means yet so pretty early but he is a totally different character a totally different moveset when you're a dragon and not only that but there are certain other enemies called oh wyvern wyvern lords it's wyvern wyvern lords who um there's special items that can defeat him like basically when you're near one of those enemies that are one of these lords, it, the wyvern lords, it will actually have a giant exclamation mark above their head. Like, <laughs> don't do that with the dragon, you're going to die. So he's, like, invincible in some situations and completely vulnerable in others, depending on who he's fighting. Which, you know, adds a new wrinkle on top of all the other strategy you have to consider. Because now you have to, like, plan around him a bit and, like, figure out, okay, well, if he's a dragon, I can't do my usual strategy, I gotta do this. But also the dragon thing comes in the form of something called um, dragon veins, which on the map, certain characters like Corrin can go and stand on these spots and trigger a vein, a dragon vein, which will literally morph the map. So far, I've like, yeah, I was gonna mention yeah that. so far, I've basically completely erased mountains. I've built bridges. I've uh, what else have I done? There's some other stuff. Um, oh yeah, cleared debris out completely to make a new hiding spot. Like all sorts of stuff. So you've done all of that. I've done all that personally in real life. Oh, okay. So um, I I forged my own mountain <laughs> uh, or destroyed my own mountain. But yeah, so that's just add, again, it just adds another layer on top of what Fire Emblem people are used to in terms of not only are you manipulating, you know, characters in Valve, but now you're actually changing the map to better suit you. Granted, in ways that they kind of pre-script for you to do it, but but still, you don't have to. It's up to you. So the other aspect of the game that's new, I haven't actually had a chance to play around with too much, which is the My Castle mode. It's similar to the Barracks of Awakening for anyone who played Awakening, but it's like a home base. You know, it's a home base to get your weapons there. You can get uh, recruit new party members. That's where you go do your street passes. So if you street pass someone, their character they put in street pass will come over and you battle them. If you win, you can recruit them. That sort of thing. So that all takes place there. It seems more fleshed out. It's almost like a top-down little village you can walk through. I, I'm looking forward to digging in deeper and seeing the differences, but it's, it's kind of a cool thing that just further fleshes out the world. It's not just like this little menu. It's now this whole town. So, I, actually, I think overall, I'm just looking forward to playing the game more. I am pretty early, but so far, like, it is really fun. The story moves at a good pace. It's pretty interesting. Um, it mo- It's, at times, it's a little cliche so far. It's like, oh, you know, just back and forth about which family should you go to, and now he's on this side. How can they conquer the other side? But, like, they, the characters are likable, and they do a good job of moving it along briskly, so, so that's cool. So, basically, if you played Fire Emblem or Advance Wars, I think this game's a no-brainer. If you've ever enjoyed an RPG or a strategy game, I think this game's a no-brainer. And if you've ever been curious about Fire Emblem, ever had any interest in ever trying it, this game's a no-brainer. Because Birthright in particular, they are catering as like the entry point for new people. There's Hmm. easier mode, the scenarios are more direct, and less, you know, there's fewer enemies, it's more story-driven. So, if you have ever wanted to play Fire Emblem, I'd recommend Birthright, at least based on what I've played so far. And I'm, you know, I, I have a very long flight coming up in a couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to spending the majority of it playing this game. So, hey, didn't they also be uh, a link between two worlds during the flight? No, I'd be it at home. Because uh, one of the flight? Nope. Oh, no, no, I did not. I'd be it at home because I immediately posted a screenshot on Twitter mm. to prove it. 
which I couldn't have done on an airplane. But yeah, so that in a nutshell huh. is uh, Fire Emblem Fates. Again, those are just early impressions, but I'm very happy with it. It really seems to one-up Awakening in a lot of ways, and it matches Awakening in every other way. There's a, it's no worse than Awakening. If not, it's better. It's only better. The first couple chapters of this have already been better than the first couple chapters. They sure have. They sure <laughs> have. More than a couple, by the way. More than a couple. But Few. yeah, they sure have. So yeah, that's, that's, that's Fates in a nutshell. Again, only early impressions. I, perhaps I'll revisit it in a future podcast when I get further, further, but... We'll see. But you, speaking of revisiting, Angel, you, you went back to Dream Team after Elvis got you all back into Mario and Luigi with uh, the Paper Jam impressions. Yeah, I mean, overall, like, looking back, I definitely have to say I remember more of the, the fun parts than anything. It was really fun, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, yeah, the tutorials, like, were, like, as bad as everyone says. Like, oh, yeah, the, they were horrible. Like, like, there, like there's, there's cases where, like, You'll hear things. You'll hear that some things are like really hard or really difficult, and then when you play through them, or maybe just Elvis and I, like we find out like they weren't hard at all. Like one thing that comes to mind is in God of War Ascension, people were talking about um, there is a there's a puzzle. Well, it's not a puzzle boss, but there's like a little challenge thing right before the final boss that mm-hmm. someone some people say like oh it took me like eight like eight hours to get through or ten hours to get through, and we did it like less than an hour, and we're just like, like we're like I don't know it's like difficulty skills but I always like try to take that with caution whenever I hear like exaggerations and this one wasn't up until the final boss I was still getting like tidbits of like I mean, one thing's hmm? an exaggeration for difficulty and one thing's like an actual game thing like mechanic well, not mechanic an actual yeah mechanic. okay one's how the game's designed and one's just skill level oh yeah but see it, oh, no, okay fine yeah, well, you can't you can't you can't compare it i feel like i'll oh, find another example people complained a lot about navi being annoying but when i played through it again i didn't think she was annoying at all or i thought like they didn't talk as much as people alluded to in ocarina yeah in ocarina fine. that became a meme in and of itself it's one of those things that, like if anything will say was like some, way more talkative it's one of those things that, like people will say something and, and other people be, agree and then the memory yeah, of but, hearing other people talk about it is what you replace the actual memory of the game with. Like, Navi was not that annoying, but you hear people online always being like, Navi talks a lot, and you're like, gee, Navi did talk a lot, didn't she? And then you sort of replace mm-hmm. that memory with this conception of Navi being the most annoying thing ever, whether or not she actually was. Well... Yeah, it kind of, like, it grows out, out of control. All right, well, for and once... Had been but for, one, it, for once, it sounds like... So in this case, yeah. it was, like, it was spot on. Right. Yeah. right. And like I said, like, up until the final boss, like, there was, like, lava right behind me, and then, like, they stopped the game just to tell me, like, watch out, like, don't fall behind you. Or, yeah, it sounds like or then, like, or then, like, Bowser, like, falls, like, on a Ricky platform. Like, even before, like, he falls on it, like, like, I already know, like, okay, based on the other levels where I have to jump on things to, like, get him to go down or break things, like, I know I'm gonna have to put him there, but then when Bowser falls on there, they stop the battle again, they're like, oh, look, he's on a rickety platform, maybe you should try to break it somewhere. It was, like, Mario and Luigi for beginners. Yeah, I mean, like, guys, and, and, Luigi. and there were, like, I mean, you can't turn off. Which you can't turn off. At least, like, on the final, final boss, because you know how, like, there's these things go, there's like, multiple <laughs> forms. Um, they, like, they actually, like, didn't help you in any way, so that was kind of cool. That's good. But, I don't know, like, even, like, parts where you're going through the dream world, you have to have Luigi, like, go into, like, possess, <laughs> possess certain things. Oh, like, the trainers of the Pokemon, Pokemon and Pokemon, they just like, take them over. So that he could, like, manipulate the environment. And every single time, like, you get introduced to one, they always, like, teach you how to, like, all right, oh, press no. R to switch to possessing mode, and then press B to, like, they always, like, have to, like... Baby's first game. Yeah, it's, like, I thought push more, like, handheld you, like, pretty hard, but this one has, like, a really tight grip. But, 
I mean, no, no, it was it was really fun. I, I'm definitely don't regret. <laughs> okay, the tutorials were so bad, but it was really fun. No, but yeah, Beyond I mean, tutorials, yeah. yeah, I mean, like once you get through, like I really don't regret like going back to beating it, and I'm really glad I did because I mean, I up until that point I had beaten all the Mario and Luigi games, right? And there was like no, I was gonna leave like the fourth one unbeaten, and kind of to tie it into this game, like. I think I'm now at reason number four of why Bowser's oh, yes, awesome. Oh yes, 2016, the year and, you constantly list Bowser's awesomeness reasons. And, <laughs> and this game, like, pretty much ended with, like, coincidentally, my reason number four that I already had written down, and it was um, Bowser's persistence. Like, I love the fact that he, like, just never gives up. It's, like, always doing it over and over again. Uh-huh. And he pretty much, like... For 30 years, he has not given up. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, whether that's just, like, Nintendo's reason for reusing him over and over again, like, that's just something I really like about him. Uh-huh. And I just like how at the end, like he was having a conversation with his minions, and they were saying like, like, oh man, like we lost, like, like what a bummer though, like shut up, like, like it doesn't matter, we lost, I'm gonna keep going again and again and again and again. <laughs> so very, that was very meta actually. So like, I got so they, they we did win. that in, in the end of Paper Jam, where like they're all going inside the book, and then Mario sucks in Bowser inside Paper Bowser in the book. Spoilers. Oh, <laughs> you win! <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> Mario wins. But I put question mark on. It. Um, in the book, when they're saying like their goodbyes to Paper Mario, uh, the book's still open because he has to jump in. Yeah, you could uh, there you could hear screaming or not scream. You can't hear anything, but you hear speech bubbles coming out like, "Oh, Bowser's at it again!" Like, "We need you, Mario!" And then he jumps uh, in, yeah. and that's how it ends and stuff. Like he's like right when he's <laughs> right like a movie ending. He's right stuck there. back into the paper world, and right away he's already causing trouble. You know what that is? It's foreshadow. Paper Mario for Paper Mario on Wii U. Yeah. yeah. Like, no Wii U. They oh, right. this year. That's what I love about that. Like he wastes no time. Like he immediately just yeah. goes back into it. That's true. He is persistent. The moment, but like Mario becomes like tired of it, he'll just like at this point. Yeah. Somehow Bowser never runs out of steam. Yep. Then he also do that. A uh, normal Bowser starts like wreaking havoc right away too. Yeah, as in and for uh, Paper Jam, and that is why Bowser oh, is awesome. Yeah. yeah, and then they like run off the screen and they're like, "Oh, we gotta go get him." <laughs> they say, "Oh, we're going to Bowser." In a nutshell, yes, yeah. yes. He's just super consistent. He is very consistent, even when and they, persistent. Yeah, even when they introduce like other. Vin- I think it's like what I really liked. Um, what I also liked about him too, and Thousand Year Door, like the X Knots were like the main villains, and throughout that, like Bowser, like he like. They didn't want to get like ignored, so he was just like doing side scrolling missions the whole time just to try to catch up to I Mario. That, yeah. He was pretty much just trying to make himself like the main bad guy yeah. like the whole time. Yeah. Which is really cool. Mm, even Bowser didn't like Bowser. <laughs> no one likes Bowser except <laughs> this guy. He likes Bowser. You like Bowser. Yeah. Actually I take it back a lot of people like Bowser. Second best selling amiibo in North America, so yeah. Some who was the first Link? Oh, Link. Uh, Link and it went Link Bowser. <laughs> I remember, I remember <laughs> it, and then I got yeah. disgusted. Yeah, that, that was, that was a very visceral. Like you got like a bad taste in your mouth. Like, yeah, no. that was that was. But yeah, that pretty much um, I guess does it for this episode. Yeah. Right? I like Legend of Zelda, but I really no. don't yeah. like the fan base or or the not the like fan the fan base. Whoa, the, uh, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> that was the wrong word. I hate the. What the hell? I don't know what to call it. I'm going to try to say. Except they're insulting every Zelda fan. Everything the they have for you it. You like Zelda, you just don't like the obsession it's around popularity. it. It's popularity. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, the no. obsession around it sounds right. The obsession around All right. it. All right. Yeah, That's it's fair. perfect. Now, before we burn any more bridges with our listeners, we <laughs> the episode. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Zelda fans, I sincerely apologize. He's not even <laughs> not on the, the web. Elvis isn't even, like, doesn't even have a me on the website. So it's not the, represent- it's not the opinion mm-hmm. of the Ramtown podcast, just of him. 
But uh, we'll be back in two weeks on March 2nd for our next episode. Uh, that one's a special one, actually. We are going to dedicate it to the Pokemon 20th anniversary. It's going to be our anniversary spectacular. So we'll be sharing, I don't know, sharing memories, talking about things like Hopefully that. Hopefully it's spectacular. Like. It's going to be so spectacular. And make sure you don't miss it, listeners at home. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, at RamNintendo. Um, that's the easiest way to stay in the loop. You can also follow us individually on Twitter if you want to hear Elvis bash Zelda <laughs> fans. He is Drake Redcrest. If you want to hear you mean Angel, <laughs> I know. If you want to hear Angel praise Bowser, he is Wero, W-E-R-R-O underscore O. If you want to hear me talk about playing games, only to have Elvis then tweet back at me, you don't play your games. I am JSR7. <laughs> I am the speaker of the truth. You can also, <laughs> you can also um, find us all on Meverse. You want friend or follow. Their names are the same, so Elvis is uh, Drake Redcrest, uh, Angel is Wero, I am Jason R on there, and yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with some Pokemon goodness, and we will see you then. See you guys.